before hitting the record, <laughs> which is fine because that's also uh, a, a, genuine, a genuine interaction. Yeah. But it's like, damn, we should have saved that for <laughs> the tape. So like now, just in case, like, like I, I like I'm, I'm with, you know, one of those people where we might like talk beforehand. I'll just like be like, yo, like, like I'll like, like try to get it rolling like as soon as someone mm -hmm. comes in so that even if there is like a little conversation, it's like picked yeah. up. But that's anyway. great, honestly. Use it all and yeah. whatever works for you, works for me. Yeah. Well, shit, man. Cool. Uh, you're here. Yeah. Um, you want to do the honors? Introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Anthony O'Toole. I'm a composer. I live here in Los Angeles, California. Um, that pretty much sums up a lot yeah. about me. It, it, my, my entire life is revolves around music, and yeah. you know, it leaks into my personal life. My personal life leaks into the music, and it's just one combined effort yeah and and to to do whatever i chose to do in life which is like i've chosen music as my profession and my avocation and vocation and and just doing the most good i can do through that chosen skill set and that's my goal in music overall yeah. because yeah. it's not just about what's my compositional goals what's yeah. my my musician goals performing and where do i want to perform at it's just like I, my my objective is to do the most good through music that I can do, and yeah. and being a composer is such a unique position because you can help so many people. Mm -hmm. And when I'm playing as a percussionist, I'm playing just one part. Yeah. But it, but like, it's really an honor when somebody asks you to like even arrange something or orchestrate for something mm -hmm. is like to create the blueprint everyone else is going to read off of. Yeah. Which is like that's what I like. It's uh, just like helping people that way. It's just yeah. like it's like we need music. You know like. Oh, we're doing a wedding next weekend. We need a brass quintet version of this, yeah. or we need a string quartet version of this. I bang it out on yeah. the way, and just like it, it helps because you really fit into a a need that they have, right? And then you're helping them; they're helping you. They give you a couple bucks, and it's right. it's a nice. It makes you feel good while you're making a living, yeah. which is like rare in our modern world yeah. to have an ethical source of income. Yeah. And music can be that way. I mean, yeah. it can be corrupted just like anybody else can do to any other field or industry, but music has a really good feel good feeling about it. Like yeah. you can, you can feel good about what you're doing and you can actually affect people's lives positively, which is, I think that's what got me hooked into music because yeah. I'm such an extroverted people person. Yeah. And I just, music is just an excuse to get to know people right. and to like be close with people. And I'm very, sort of intimate emotional way and like have that sort of communal effervescence that sort of uh, that glowing feeling you get after playing a really good gig yeah. and like making really good music and it's just like wow it's like because it's we're as human beings we're always like wondering like how can I do more than I can just do on my own right and music and sports and all these clubs and activities we get into help us to be part of something bigger and to make something bigger because right. you know I'm trying to remember the expression but it's this one man can go faster, two men can go farther. Right. It's sort of like an mm. old cowboy saying. Mm -hmm. They would they say, well, one man can get on a horse and go really fast, mm -hmm. but he can't go very far because he needs to be within a unit or something yeah. so that he can, they can share the responsibilities and go farther and carry more equipment. And it's just, I believe that into everything. It's just yeah. like a, one person can go very damn fast. Yeah. But if you have a, 
a partner with something or someone to share responsibilities, it's more durable and lasting and sustainable. Yeah. And like you get into an orchestra, there's 60, 70 people and you can do a lot of things. Right. And it's, it's, even if you don't like music, I always tell people go to one orchestra concert in your lifetime and just see what human beings can do. And like, it's like a marching band too. It's yeah. like an orchestra, all these different things you see, like it's like little ants just all working together to make this big mound. And, and that's what's impressive about um, about seeing an orchestra or a band or anything like that. And then just the the joy of live music. People, yeah. don't, people don't remember that. Right. Or they don't get to experience it and realize how cool it is. It's, there's nothing like it. Yeah. It's just like an electricity and a heat that comes off just watching musicians work. And, and, and you get to go, wow, like, like really talented people doing really hard things. And, and like they make it look easy if they're really good. Right. And like that's the, you could just like. Like I can go see an orchestra concert, just just go to LA Phil's, you know, entire schedule and just pick a random concert, even if it has something <laughs> I don't like on it. Just go there and see them handle it. Yeah. Like something really difficult, like a George Crumb piece or a Zanakis. Right. Well, because you know, like, even if it's like not a piece you don't like like that you don't know or or maybe you mm -hmm. like actively don't like, um, you're still seeing like professional musicians execute music on a professional level mm -hmm. and and i think that perspective literally makes like any concert um like you know that that a professional musician is performing it just makes it like like when you just realize like whether or not like this is my cup of tea i'm like watching i mean watching anything at the highest level is oh, just yeah. pure entertainment like, like i i'll watch sports that i don't it's even like fucking too. get yeah. yeah yeah like i think golf and tennis are still the only two sports where I, I truly don't have any grip on like the rules. Mm -hmm. <laughs> still... I have the loosest understanding of <laughs> tennis and golf, yeah. but uh, I don't have the money to be good at those. Yeah, sports. exactly. Like, exactly. Uh, I, I mean, my family's lower middle class, so I grew up. Same. I played the instrument that was free. I played percussion, even though I love percussion. Yeah. I was lucky yeah. that I had that opportunity, and then like I learned instruments that the band director had around. So I learned tuba. I learned nice. trombone. I learned uh, viola. Mm -hmm. I learned. Uh, saxophone. My parents rented me a, a tenor saxophone, which was yeah. probably the nicest thing they ever did. Yeah, which is like money commitment right there. But I was so curious about instruments that I just sort of tinkered around with whatever I could, and I would, and the tuba was one, a fun one that I got to play with. Yeah, and then I started to realize, like, especially with tuba and like some of the instruments that are a little bit newer, mm -hmm. like generally speaking, compared to a, a violin or yeah. something, like not as much repertoire yeah. and, and most of it's uh, translated from another instrument or, you know, repurposed from mm -hmm. other repertoire. Like, you know, it, it's, and it's great that every instrument can play a, a cello suite from Bach or right. like get into a violin partita or something like that. And it really like, because a lot of that, a thing about music and like, I think that's what makes me successful in my career is that I just figure out how to make it work. Mm -hmm. And that's what a professional does. It's like, no matter what is put on their stand, like in that, you know, you were saying a concert like actively hating music. It's yeah. like they could hate the piece, yeah. but they will still play it because they're contractually obligated. They're professionals, <laughs> and that's the degree of professionalism. Yeah. It's, it's doing it when you don't want to do it, yeah. or you when and separating your emotional and opinions from that mm -hmm. performance. Mm -hmm. you, your your skill is is um is just abstract. It's just this thing you've cultivated with yourself. And somebody pays you to do it. It's just like a plumber. You know, they have a problem. You unclog the sink. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, it's funny. I, I, I don't think um, I don't think there's like a better uh, I don't think analogy is the right word, but comparison in terms of like like the phrase like 
sticking out like a sore thumb. Uh, um, in terms of like every time I see a, like some Bizet stuff uh, requires saxophone. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I just love like the glares that like they give the rest of the orchestra and the orchestra gives the saxophone. It's where it's like, you're here. Like yeah. you're here today. Like we get that look from string players every day. It's just like <laughs> looking in the back, like we are the plumbers yeah. to them. They were just like, who are these people? Yeah. And you know, and especially with the brass players even, they're just like, it's yeah. just like, don't play too loud. Yeah. Like, yeah. String players, are, like, I love them, but they're, they're like, notoriously fickle. Yeah. Like, they dis, they're strung out a little yeah. bit. Oboe players and, like, bassoon oh, players yeah. the same way. They are yeah. intensely in their instrument. Yeah. I, and they're making the reads. They're stringing their instruments. They're, yeah. you know, practicing to death. Yeah, dude, because, like, in terms of um, string players, you notice it more because there's more of them. Oh, but, yeah. like, if there were as many woodwinds as string players like i think people would notice like yeah woodwinds woodwinds are like actually the most like t- fucking uptight yeah. people i mean in the band world the clarinets and flutes <laughs> they be, they they yeah. start to get more tribal there yeah. they've got like yeah. six or seven flutes and they've got you know 12 clarinets and the whole range yeah. of the clarinet family and yeah. you sort of get to, oh okay if they start to get a little different yeah, when they're yeah. in larger numbers yeah no that's dude, like a lot of psychology stuff though, yeah too. yeah no that, that's a good point more competition like, yeah there's still just something more like like i've never mm-hmm. i've never met a, a a woodwind player that like doesn't have like fucking great grades like they're all very like you have to book be smart. meticulous yeah exactly like there's a there's a um that's uh, how they pick the oboe players in band in high school yeah. they find the smarter kids yeah. who can handle making the reads and practicing the extra yeah. hours and it's usually the A kids. It's a good point. So it's a, a different really skill point. set, different yeah. talent. Doesn't mean they're better musicians. It just they have more follow through mm-hmm. or more uh, meticulous thinking. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we all have different talents and skills, and we are intelligent in several different ways, right. and not just one a combination of certain things. We're all leveled out differently, yeah. and uh, you have to find the right kid to do that kind of yeah. stuff. And and. Um, especially when they're in larger numbers, it, it, there's more competition, and especially with string players because yeah. there's a concert master, and and he and he or she is the boss of the yeah. entire string section. Right. And uh, you know when you're playing tuba, there's no one but you usually, yeah. unless you're playing like symphony fantastic. Yeah. You get to bring a friend in and play with them, but it's just like. Uh, Nobody's telling you what valve to push down or like, you know, that that G could be fingered like this, but I want it fingered like yeah. this with three instead of yeah. one and two. And it's just like, okay. Yeah. But that's what they're telling you. They're like, okay, do this and then we'll do a hammer on here and then mm-hmm. we'll do a bar here and then we'll do a full bow here. And then it's, yeah. just, it's very micromanaged. So it's a whole different skill set too. Yeah. It's, just, it's a coordination thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like not only are you doing gymnastics, but you have to do it in tandem. It's like mm-hmm. synchronized swimming with mm-hmm. the other string players. Mm-hmm. And, it can it can be stressful in a whole different way. Yeah, you know? percussionists, yeah. our stress comes from waiting forever, right. <laughs> and then not fucking everything up when we come. Yeah, in. the price the price yeah. of every individual moment as a percussionist is fucking heavy. It's 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 like like yeah, you have you, balls to be a percussionist. Oh yeah, and yeah. Like, I I have like this uh, this I I don't I don't I never getting like nervous about things, and I don't know if I'm stupid or if I'm like. <laughs> smarter than it to be nervous but i'm just like not thinking about all the risks yeah. like i i'm a risk taker in my life yeah. too so like me waiting to play mauler seven and crash cymbals yeah. once is yeah. not stressful to me i'm just sitting there like dude you, you know easier said than done man but like i i'm this is something like i've i have to like tell myself 10 times a day in order to be consistent in it mm-hmm. and that like just do stuff and stop like 
thinking about like the meaning behind like every little yeah. thing. There's like, a time like, and place to think about yes. meaning, but it's not every day. It's so and and I'm I'm like the like I for me it's like okay I'm picking up this like car key right now mm-hmm. like and then like and my brain just automatically connects it to like everything it could possibly mean and like picking it up because I have to go somewhere. Did I pick it up because I'll forget <laughs> it later? Yeah, and that's the source of a lot of unhappiness in our yeah. modern world. Is we're trying to analyze every single thing we do and it has to yeah. have meaning because yeah. we're you know the hippies that raised us shoved down yeah. our throats that like everything is special and everything yeah. has meaning it's just yeah. no yeah some things you know my pop-up was a simple man like my grandfather and he would just sit there smoke a cigar and yeah. watch baseball and he didn't ask too many questions about why he was doing everything yeah. and he was a happy man yeah and like i take that into my philosophy too it's just yeah. like you know, some days aren't going to be important and that's yeah. fine. Yeah. You know, you know, not everybody gets to have a job that is a passion mm-hmm. of theirs, mm-hmm. you know, like, and it's, and you have to make a choice to go down this road mm-hmm. as a musician or any creative field, but it's yeah. just like, try and not to ask so many questions yeah. and just do something pro- productive and positive every day. Yeah. And that's the best thing you can do. Yeah. And I think it comes like, it also comes down to probably a safety thing as well in terms of like, depending on, on how you grew up. Like for me, like I, I kind of have a type of childhood where like I would just constantly like watch my back for whatever reason. So I think like, I think the more closer you have to like, like I think as a kid, if you had to like, be a little bit mindful, whether you're mm-hmm. like surrounding or just whatever. Like it's so hard that like when like, everything is fine, it's like very very hard to just like turn off that like yeah. need to like because it's it's more of a survival instinct. It's like it I'm I'm overthinking this thing. Yeah, like I'm I'm overthinking this thing because like how does it impact like my reality yeah. in like every single way well you got to think thirty thousand years ago neanderthals left the planet yeah and we've only been having written history for five seven thousand yeah. years and it's just like we're still animals deep down and and like the only and like the you know the brain is is constructed in such a fashion that the animal brain is underneath and mm-hmm. the human brain is built on top of that right so it's like we can't negate that bottom basal instincts which is like you know, risk assessment, mm-hmm. which is our main thing. And certain people are leveled in certain neurochemical ways and certain uh, enhanced parts of their brain that make them more likely to sense, you know, problems and, yeah. and things like, you know, the the color green, we can see in over a hundred shades because mm-hmm. what color was the jungle? Green. And we had to find predators in the bushes. And, yeah. you know, you see these in, in regular animals, they're constantly like look at a squirrel they are neurotic yeah. like they are always looking because everything's <laughs> yeah. bigger than them yeah and like um and that's how like even for children in high school if, if there's anything about you that sticks out in a weird way mm-hmm. kids are little sociopaths they will they will <laughs> knock at and, and peck at you because yeah. you look different or you act different yeah. or you like different things in them i was a kid they asked what's your favorite band i, I listen to hindemith like yeah. <laughs> like i was gonna get some shit no matter what i looked like because yeah. i was just weird and i didn't realize yeah. how weird that was and i didn't have that like camouflaging instinct you have as as most kids yeah because like between the ages of 13 and 25 all you can think about is what does everybody else think about me yeah and like i i feel so awkward because i bypassed that whole thing i was just an awkward music kid and i did like other stuff too i was still playing with legos and 16 years old so i was getting shit left and right for stuff but uh i i was like a very docile person still am to this day just a very chill guy and like People tried to get a rise out of me, but like mm-hmm. my older brother, like he would pick on me constantly. So yeah. I was just conditioned to just ignore people who yeah. were critical of me like that. 
So like I would go to high school and kids would be calling me something or try and get a rise out of me because I was so like just baseline, like chill, level right. out. And like that bothered them for some yeah. reason. They would always try and like kick oh, yeah. me or like push me or get me to like get angry and yeah. yell, but I never <laughs> yell. Like yeah. maybe like a Dodgers game or something, I'll yell or raise my voice. But yeah. other than that, like I see no point in anger too. I'm not yeah. an angry person. I have a very satisfying life, so yeah. I have no need to take it out on people. Yeah. And especially with kids, like you don't know what their kids are coming from. They right. might be picking on you because they, you know, they might have a bad home life or something. Yeah. It, but high school is like prison. You just shove them all in a Dude. building and just let them at each other. Yeah. And just like if something terrible goes bad, then maybe you can discipline them. But, yeah. But also try to learn in that environment. Right. It's just like this whole mess of things. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, I just like that really shaped me and it shaped you, obviously. Yeah. Like we, we turned out the way we did because, you know, we had an oppositional force mm -hmm. against us and it mm -hmm. made us really question who we are and say, do we want to keep going with that? You know, I could right. stop being the music kid. I could stop being the kid playing with Legos at a 17 yeah. years old, but then I could maybe not get hit or like get made fun of. But I was yeah. like, no, I'm going to stick to this. <laughs> yeah. Like high school is only four years. Right. And then you get to college and people are, you know, love the part that part of you. And yeah. It's just like more specialized. Yeah. It's interesting, right? Cause like zero to 17, um, survival zone. yeah survival trying <laughs> mm -hmm. to fit in and then like now even if it's for like work stuff maybe you're like man how do i stand out in like my job interviews mm -hmm. or whatever and like 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 in in any way you ask yourself do i need to stand yeah, out yeah exactly like like it, it very very rapidly switches from fitting into trying to stand out which mm -hmm. is like tough because like everything you know everything like has a muscle like you gotta like yeah. like the act of standing out really that that's that's not even it sounds like an external thing but it's actually like like you first start off like figuring out well like internally who am i like what actually makes me different mm -hmm. and then like you have to show that but it's weird though because i don't i think like when we think of like standing out or like, I, I don't are, think it's obvious to like I don't think it's obvious like especially going that 17 like 18 transition yeah. and then like the expectation of of being an adult like I don't think like internal reflection like it's not even something that we like verbally articulate like oh make yeah. sure you like you're internally, like so close to something and I'm yeah, gonna push you right yeah, over into you know? it but you're on the right track with that but it's also our skewed idea yeah. of what exceptional is right and what you were saying earlier about just do something What's exceptional in this world and always throughout history and always pervading to, through time is consistency and the ability to do something under stress mm -hmm. and, and difficult things. It's like what, Tom Brady wins so many football, like Super Bowls mm -hmm. and football games because he practices the stress of the game. Yeah. He practices the, the technique. He yeah. practices, you know, the strategy. He's not a dumb person either. So yeah. he, he has all those facets that take somebody who's exceptional to be. And like he's a normal person. He wasn't even one of the first draft picks. He's yeah. just a California guy who played football and he got himself better. Yeah. Because he learned. He he bypassed the ego, which says, I'm good yeah. enough already. Yeah. They should just notice me for who I yeah. am. That's not right. Which is like a he's probably a perfect example of how far um uh reflecting uh inwards can take you in the sense mm -hmm. that like even like uh, it's ne it's never too late to try to objectively look inward and be like, what do I like? Mm -hmm. What don't I like? What like how can what, I be better? Yeah, like how do I measure what to work on, how, when, how often? And because I mean, with him, he literally has um, in terms of physical attributes, he is he He's looks built like to be a football yeah, player. Yeah, He's you got know, the natural. Yeah 
inclination to be one. Right. You can, you know, it's just like if you're seven foot tall, there's a good chance you could excel in basketball, right. you know, in right. volleyball or something mm-hmm. where height is a, mm-hmm. a, a preference. Right. Thing. But then, I mean, but then he ran but into doesn't guys. Mean everything. Right. Because he, you, of course, when you get to the league, everyone's athletic. And, and like then Scotty like, Pippen wasn't super tall, but right. he was an incredible player. Right. So, so, like, you know, when, when, when Tom stands next to other guys in the NFL, mm-hmm. it, they make him like look unathletic and it's kind yeah. of true in that like you know he his combine stuff um when it's they what we think out, athletic looks like yeah, too exactly you know he has a lean body rather than a bulky body yeah and he doesn't need to be bulky yeah. he needs to be quick and agile he never gets sacked rarely yeah. gets sacked and that's because of how he builds his body the kind of fuel he gives himself yeah. and the kind of environment he lives in it's not just about being the biggest you can be right. a lot of athletes think well i got to be stand out right. how are you standing out if you look like everybody else right you have to give yourself the tools to do the exact task you're looking right. to do and that's like i i go and do a lot of like little residencies at schools like colleges and universities and, and a lot and the biggest question is should i go into music and that's a big question. Like that's mm. you know that, that's like asking kids like, should you go to college in general? Like, yeah. We have to start you know stop romanticizing and and saying college is the main route. Mm-hmm. It's like most musicians like that are really popular right are successful. Like most of them don't go to college. Right. Like there's there is centuries of, of composers not going to universities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They would maybe go go study with somebody, and that's the style of like learning that you should you know seek is apprenticeship. Like, right. It's, it's the system that's worked the longest. It's right. saying, okay, well, I'm going to pick something and stick with it. Mm-hmm. Something that I think I have an affinity for and, or, you know, I'm, I'm naturally built for mm-hmm. that would work. You know, I think about myself, I go, if I was born 100 years ago, there's no fucking chance I'd be a composer. I'd be putting <laughs> a fucking coal mine. Yeah. Like, I'm a big guy with, like, and I'm strong. Like, I would not be yeah. put in a little room making music. Yeah. I would be put to work on something strenuous. Because, right. like, that's my, my given talent. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean I have to go into that. Yeah. I don't have to be an athlete. You know, I got... My family's a big college football players and, like, this football family in general. Yeah. And, like, my mom and my dad were always pushing me. He's like, come on, Tony, just, just do football. My mom would even just, like, get me in the car and, like, I just... We just arrive and I'd be like, why are we at the football tryouts? Right, <laughs> my right. mom would just push me out there. I'm like, and I'd do it. I was just like, and I was good at it. Right. It was just a bigger kid, yeah. you know? Like, doesn't mean I have to do yeah. that. It just, it didn't, like, if I didn't have anything musically going for me, then yeah, I would have just gone yeah. to football. I would just done it to do it. You know, by, by the way, you're, you're the first of uh, now, like, two things that I've ever, like, encountered in a composer. One, Literally, you are the very first extroverted composer I've ever met. It's a very introverted thing to do. Ever met. Literally, very Mm -hmm. first. Like, childhood till now. (laughs) And second, I think having, like, any knowledge of sports whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that those are the two things where it's like, wait, a composer right now is there, like, There's a lot of things about me because people have a very rigid idea of what a composer yeah, is. Yeah, Because the, the stories of them are but, so ridiculous. But do you, think, do you think composers buy into that? Like, do, like, I think they think that's the mystique of, of a composer because yeah. also, it, no matter what kind of person you are, a lot of composers feel like they have to present the prestige of the composer, mm-hmm. which is the the genius in a tower locked away from the world. Thank you. And that's not how a composer actually... John Williams is not like that. Yeah. John Williams yeah. is an extrovert like me. He loves to be around the musicians. Yeah. He feeds off their energy. Right. 
he and he encounters a great musician he goes back to his little house and just writes up a storm yeah. like he wants to sound make them sound good yeah and they love him they want to make him sound good wow. and that's why john williams is probably the best composer right now or at least the most relevant composer right uh it's because he has the respect of the musicians he respects the musicians still at mm -hmm. his level of clout mm -hmm. and his age he could do whatever the hell he wants right he has the money to pay musicians to do whatever the hell he wants yeah. to do yeah. but he's still making considerations considerations of each of in instrument and the musicians mm -hmm. that play the instruments and he's garnering relationships with those players mm -hmm. you know and he and he'll write pieces you know concertos just for yeah. musicians he admires chester schmidt's yeah. the uh, the tuba concerto you know he, he didn't write that for a ton right. of money he just wrote yeah. that to do it for a friend of his and i like, was i was just um talking to uh i had a uh episode with some composers um it was like what, episode like four, one of the early earlier ones. And um, anyway, yeah, we were. I was talking to them about that because, like, I was like, I even wondered. Um, uh, so before I went to um, the conservatory, I wasn't really a part of like classical culture. Probably like many people before, like really going into that. Like, yeah. I went to a public school, so I still like chilled Me with too. like regular fucking people up until <laughs> I went to music school and realized like, oh, there's like a culture within this mm -hmm. culture. Got it. It's like a shame on you for being well-adjusted yeah, and yeah, well-rounded. Exactly. Yeah, no, you because, to be a freak. Right, because I'd go in there and be like, yeah. yo, who wants to go to the Ravens game? They'd be like, what the fuck is a Raven? Like, we're going to Aspen this summer. <laughs> right. And if we can't get yeah. into Aspen, we're going to try and go to, you know, yeah, Tanglewood. Yeah, yeah, which like, I was like the only kid that didn't. I, like, I mean, I, I have a summer and be yeah, a child. I'm going to go get like a job, make some money yes. for the fall Why semester. Too, so, yeah, exactly. You're spending money to go to Aspen it, or Tanglewood. Exactly. That that was to me about festivals. The worst aspect is not that like I'm even spending the money. It's that like I cannot use the time yeah. to make money because like I'm yeah. not doing this. They're capitalizing yeah. your time for, yeah. for a tuition fee. Yeah. Which and is it's just like I did drum corps and like that was, that cost a thousand dollars or so plus expenses yeah. along the way and I was just like, my family can't afford this. Like yeah. I had to work my job and save money and then even ask my parents to chip in for some of it. And I still yeah. didn't pay the full dues that they still let yeah. me march because they were like, well, we can't have a hole. But, right. So um, I was just like, and those festivals are even more expensive and it's because they room and board you and everything yeah. like that and then they're feeding you and it's just like, and then it's just an elitist thing too yeah. at, at a point. Yeah. And then you get to have this little badge on your little chest yeah. and you go, I went to yeah. Aspen this year it's, and Tangle that year. Sounded, it's a pedigree thing. Yeah, it, it's always sounded like an extended but can you play? That's my question. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like obviously, I mean, of course, they have the facilities, oh, yeah. like the orchestra. There's you're gonna get process. lessons and stuff. Like you, if you go there with the intention of actually, mm -hmm. like, like, like m maybe two out of every like ten people, I would yeah. ask, like, what are you most excited about going to a festival or just something along that line? It, it was the social aspect. It wasn't actually like, oh, like, I get to pick the brain of so and so this summer and like hope to improve my yeah. thing. It was a, a social. Thing. It is. Which, like... You go there and you're not a freak anymore because you're around kids that are exactly like you and as interested in yeah. music as you are. They're they're trying to maximize their yeah. little route they've planned for yeah. themselves. It's trajectory. Yeah. Like Dude. like any tiger mom or anything that like puts a kid on a route and yeah. says, you have to do and be exceptional constantly and you have to be, you know, amazing in the yeah. top 1%. Yeah. That's exhausting for a child, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you need time to decompress and just be a young and yeah. just... You know, I even at my age, I'm still like enjoying, you know, being young and going out and having friends in a social life mm -hmm. and 
And like, that's what makes my music good. I think, yeah. you know, even to assert that it's good. It's yeah. just like, <laughs> you know, cause I'm very critical of myself cause I'm always yeah. saying I could get better. Yeah. I could do better. And every piece is an improvement on the last piece. Yeah. And there's an evolution, you know, yeah. and most people who listen to my music or have played pieces of mine, they can go, okay, there's this consistent level mm -hmm. of decency in the mm -hmm. pieces. Like I'm, I'm trying to attain a professional level of compositional right. merit, but you know, the material evolves over my years. I'm evolving as a person. And like, that's a real artist. Yeah. Your life is interconnected to your, your craft. Right. And they're a reflection of each other. And yeah. if you're not in a good headspace mentally or in your personal life, your music's not going to mm -hmm. be great. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously some composers, the more conflict they go into, the better their music gets. Yeah. Cause then the emotion they're using yeah. is, is raw and, and angry and yeah. they're, they're, they're feeling a certain way, yeah. you know, but like you said, I'm different than most composers. I don't think of myself as this lofty intellectual, which is the, which is Dude. a lot of people go into composition because they want to be seen as yeah. smart. Yeah. And composition is like, it's like calculus, mm -hmm. but then you also get to pretend you're a wizard too, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a magic around yeah. it. Like, oh, yeah. I, I put this chord next to this chord yeah. and like, you know, regular musicians who can't even get past theory one, right. they're like, oh my God. Right, right. Like, but it's just the prestige. It's like magic. Yeah. They're yeah. just waving the things and redirecting your attention. Yeah. And it's that's what composition is. It's just, you know, magic tricks. Yeah. And yeah. You, you build this this belt, you know, of tricks you have and this bag you can pull out of. Yeah. And every composer is just putting them in different combinations. But what I'm doing is I'm making the bag deeper. I'm finding more tricks and more yeah. things, more spins and loops I can put you through. Yeah. And, and that's what you get. Like, that's the satisfying part. And that's what you have to do as a musician and the composers evolve because you have to keep, you're an entertainer, you right. know, you have to think of yourself, you know, you're a craftsman, but you're an entertainer. And you know, if you're doing the same thing over again, you're playing the only the same three pieces in a repertoire or something like they're going to hear it already. Yeah. You need to give them something fresh. Yeah. Even if it's a fresh take on something that's already been done, like that's what they're paying for. Right. That's musicianship. Right. That's taking this raw thing, this, this intangible thing and turning it into a living thing. Yeah. And like, whatever style or grace or stank you put onto that mm -hmm. thing you're doing mm -hmm. is what they're going to recognize. It's like Doc Severinsen, like such a recognizable tone on the trumpet and his phrasing and his style mm -hmm. is very unique. And like, that's, I, I went to a, a master class with him. He's like, that's what they come and pay for is what is what I do with it. Yeah. You know, what I, what, what I'm actually saying, right? Because they know the tunes like, and especially with jazz, like they, everyone knows all those tunes, mm -hmm. most of them, mm -hmm. even yeah. a regular person. Like it's, what does, what is, uh, what does Dizzy Gillespie do with that tune? Mm -hmm. What does, you know, Sonny Rollins do with that tune? Right. And, and that's why if you start looking at evolution of Western music, you have like classical music where the composer is king. He is the top of the, he's the head honcho. He's the king of the jungle. Mm -hmm. Jazz flips that around. The composer's down here. He just wrote the head. Yeah. Now who's the king? The musician. And the musicians like the jazz because they can flex their muscles. They're not subordinate. Yeah. Now how I run music is I like a level playing field. I like the composer to interact with the musician and improve each other and a conductor to be on the same level. He's a collaborative musician, just like all the rest of us. And it's just like, and there are clear times, especially with the more musicians you have, though you need to have a hierarchy of, okay, the conductors make mm -hmm. call in the shots. Cause like someone has to, mm -hmm. and it's an unpleasant thing. Cause like we all like to think, Oh, we're all special. We're yeah. all have an input <laughs> and an opinion. But the second somebody puts you on their payroll, they get yeah. to say when your opinion's valid. Yeah. Um, unless they violate some boundary, which, Usually they don't, but right. it's just like most of the time, like you should be happy to be on that payroll right. and to be included in an orchestra or any ensemble. And just like, 
just learn from that conductor because right. it's not always about your own hubris and right. your own ego. And and like that's the main struggle I think we all have to get through. No matter what your mm -hmm. industry is, get past yourself. Yeah. Know yourself and then get over it. Yeah. And just like no matter what bad things have happened to you, no matter what things you you expect out of life or yeah. anything, we're all just here in this one moment. That's all that matters. Yeah. And you know, you were saying like, why am I picking up this key? Like, don't don't think about the past so much. Mm -hmm. because, because every day is a new, fresh start, mm -hmm. and it's so cliche. And we hate cliches because they're so true. Yeah. And we we just don't listen to them. It's just like. Um, when you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to like build muscle, it's like we know the hard facts. It's yeah. just like you have to eat this much and you have to yep. exercise this much. Yep. And there's, there's it's immalleable. You right. can't circumnavigate these hard facts. Yeah. And so it's like it's like we all know we're gonna die. Yeah. You can't go around that. Yeah. No, it's dude, wasting time to you're, think you can. You're you're so right in like like I'm kind of realizing like um uh, even myself, I think in the in the last, especially in the last year, pandemic and shit. I think I just had like a shit ton of realizations about myself, mm -hmm. the world, how like. That's what happens when you isolate? Yourself. Oh yeah, you're not the din of the world doesn't yeah. block out those thoughts. Yeah, man, and and it's like, scary for a lot of people. Right, exactly. Which it, it was but weird you can't because be scared of that. Kind yeah, of realistic honesty. Right, there were aspects of it that I really, 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 mm -hmm. really enjoyed in terms of like um, being able to have the time to. Um, realize uh, certain things about, you know, just everything. But the one thing that, like, really, really stood out to me, whether it's you're trying to make money or um, be a great musician, whatever, um, like, the quote-unquote, like, secrets to, like, success or secrets to, like, I'm, I'm just, like, realizing it's, it's the things that we've been told a million times that we yeah. call cliches and we just don't internalize mm -hmm. like like we're uh, always looking for seven weird yes, tricks to how yes. to do this or the secrets of yeah. the hack right like it's I, not I was like that, I was though. just like talking to someone That's the other day to capitalize success right right I and and so I was I was talking to this person I, I forget um I think my neighbor and I I was just, I was what I tell I was like um uh. Fuck. Oh man, it was it was good. It was a good conversation. It was it was related to this, but like man, I mean long long story short, like when you just when you just take a second and you realize like, okay, um if I want to be better at this, it's just going to take it day by day. Um, there's nothing sexy about that. We all want to like find the shortcut to shit. Quick and fix, yeah, exactly. yeah, quick fixes, all types of shit, man. But like um, oh yeah, yeah. This is this is what I was telling her. I was like, it for for me, um, in probably in the past two or three years of my life, I like have am just beginning to internalize the phrase um like every day, you know, could be your last. In the sense that like mm -hmm. I think I think it whether in like movies or whatever, maybe we've seen characters where like the theme has been like they have like a week to live or a week a day to do this or that. And yeah. it's usually like it's usually displayed in this way where like, okay, you're going to do like as many fun, crazy fucking things that you've like never done uh, because like, you know, maybe you have this, you know, limited time. But like, I, I'm like just now really beginning to internalize it in a way where it's like all of your goals, all your ambitions, the relationships in your life, like go at those totally fearless because any day could be your last. Yeah. Like that person that maybe you nothing have this scarier like, than a man with nothing yeah, to lose. Yeah. And nothing to fear. You know? Like like yeah. like you won't hold maybe you won't hold those grudges 
um, if you really respected mm-hmm. the fact that like today could be the last day I ever speak to this yeah. person. You start in to my realize life. grudges yeah. are so toxic and useless, yeah. and, and like you have to start taking an inventory of what your emotional outputs mm-hmm. are too. It's just like. You know, if you have people in your life that don't respect you, if you don't respect yourself, you right. don't have pride in what you do, yeah. there's a lot of negative emotion just building up inside of you and it's just going to make you feel like shit. Yeah. And you have to, you have to do something. And I think you have to, you have to start having this conversation with kids younger. Mm-hmm. It's just like a, the big question you ask kids is what do you want to be when you grow up? It's, it's, you're immediately telling them what use are you going to be to mm-hmm. the world? Mm-hmm. But uh, you have to ask them, I think you should be asking them what kind of life do you want to live? Yeah. Like even as a child, you can know what's important to you. Do I want to be loved? Do right. I want to have, you know, a family? Is family important to me? Uh, do I want to have a skill? Do mm-hmm. I want to, you know, be a useful to the community? Mm-hmm. And uh, do I want to be rich? Mm-hmm. Do I want to be poor? Do I want to have a big family? Do I want to have a lot of people respect and care right. about me? And it's like, because a lot of those things you can't, you have to, and you have to answer honestly, because most of us, most of us won't admit we want a lot of attention. Yeah. Most of us won't admit we want a lot of money. Yeah. But that's most people. Right. It's just a, it's, a, it's an internalized shame thing we have built in our society where it's like not righteous to go after yeah. those things. Yeah. But, um, Morality is subjective and you just have to put it out there. And then like the second you're honest with yourself, then you can actually yeah. take that apart rather than lying to yourself. Because yeah. what you were saying earlier is like um, you start to take inventory of yourself and like internalize these ideas and these concepts mm-hmm. and start to go, you know, why am, why am I holding on to this and why am I keep doing this? But, you know, we have to all accept pain is inevitable mm-hmm. in life mm-hmm. and that whether you do it now or three years down the line – the worst option is to go down this redundant path towards a pain that's consistent. And it's just like a lot of people are realizing that after the pandemic, they go, well, why I'm, I'm trying to be exceptional in this job and nobody cares. Mm -hmm. Nobody notices like their job isn't to notice if Mm -hmm. I'm exceptional or not. Like Mm -hmm. my job isn't to be exceptional. My idea of exceptionality itself is flawed. It's skewed. It's, it's unattainable. Yeah. Cause like we're, uh, we're more likely to be critical of ourselves in a negative way than, you know, positive with yeah. ourselves because of that brain it's just yeah. we're assessing risk it's like what's wrong with us yeah. not what's right with us right you know i can go to a, a thing and somebody will go great job like that and that somebody's like says one little critical thing you'll remember yeah. that you yeah. don't remember the 10 people telling you great yeah. job but it's just um but see like i spin that around it's all positive to me because yeah. it's like if you can get past yourself and start saying you know Maybe I am abrasive to people. Maybe I'm not this kind of person's mm-hmm. cup of tea, mm-hmm. like you said. I'm just like, you have to, that's fine. Because mm-hmm. you're, one, I'm not somebody who said, I need to impress everybody. Right. But there are people out there that want everyone to love them. Yeah. That's, that's something that's an objective for them, personally. Dude, there, there's so much you, like, before I forget, because one thing yeah, you, you said. Stop me whenever you want. Just no, no, dude. Tag you're, on. Because everything you're saying I is fucking spot on. I think the, the, uh. One thing you said earlier about the self-respect thing, I, I um, uh, uh, was talking to another friend uh, where, like, they were, um, you know, I guess they just kept, like, running into people that, like, weren't, aren't great, you know, for them or, you know, in terms of dating. So they yeah. just kept, like, dating the wrong transactional people. Transactional relationships yeah. and, and convenient, you know, convenient ships and, right. and relationships of... Uh, of like transaction, like I was saying, well, yeah. what are you going to do for me? And what am I yeah. going to do for you? And right. And, and not that I'm, you might not, have a lawyer there when you're having a relationship exactly. to negotiate the terms. Exactly. It's like, but that's not how human relationships but are. That that's, that's not how, like, like 
I'm I'm no you know relationship expert. No one is. I'm damn sure not. But That's probably like, my weakness. Yeah, I've spent too much time yeah. doing other things and having platonic relationships right. with people and professional relationships. It's right. just like I don't practice the world of dating. I don't right. practice the world of going out there and, and trying to convince someone that I am desirable yeah. in a sexual romantic capacity. Yeah. It's just like, but I have such a fulfilling life outside of that that yeah. I don't critique myself too right. much with that. I don't think that's the end of the world. Right. But a lot of people don't have the fulfilling part of their life and they put all their eggs into that basket, mm-hmm. which is like, I'm going to make myself as sexually desirable mm-hmm. as I can or as like, I'm going to have the most, you know, husband or wife, the best mm-hmm. looking one with the best kids mm-hmm. and I'm going to like live through them. But similar but similar what to what you just said earlier in mm-hmm. terms of like um, the self-respect thing, being honest with yourself, being able to like admit your faults and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of ways to get to that like path of like just total, um, you know, honesty. Yeah, yeah, so, especially self honesty. But I think for me, I started to get to that point um, in realizing like it was some what somewhere around like 15 or, or 16 like I couldn't art like my, my, my roommate's like big on like space shit so like he 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 could articulate it on like a scientific level why like on a numerical level like why as individuals we don't matter in the grand scope of things but like sometimes we're around like it's 15, rather nihilist but yeah. it is it's important to note that though, right is that right. it makes you realize what's important in life on a day-to-day yes. basis is like even if, if you're if you're driven not by money but maybe like legacy is right. your thing like what you'll leave behind when you're gone yeah. like the influence the power the cloud of all of it yeah of being important is what yeah. like a lot like if you look at cells what their their primary objectives are legacy or lineage like procuring like further strains of themselves and like re- reproducing and then maintaining themselves in terms of like fuel and whatever cells need right but we're just a bundle of cells because, like, how can we think beyond what a cell does? We're not that evolved. We just yeah. have a further awareness than most animals do. But, the, you know, the, the irony, though, of thinking you're important um, or, or it's not even that it's not even that you're, you're not actively thinking you're important. You're mm-hmm. just overestimating your importance, like like on a fundamental mental level. You know, um, the irony of that is that, like, it makes shit like you have to deal with a way heavier than it, it needs to be. And in terms of like reflecting and going inwards, like, okay, I don't like, here's what I can work on on myself. And like, like why that process might be tough is because it, it, to, at least to me, I thought of it in a way where it's like, man, it's so easy to go do this thing that like scares me a little bit, whether yeah. it's like a truth or an activity that like forces me to change for, in some though. type of way. Yeah, it's it's so much easier to do those things that seem scary when like, at least for me, it was it was taking a step back and going like, yo, like you're not that like important. You are mm-hmm. one little tiny thing. That's the and, ego right there. And, right. And, and I don't, and I don't think I'd like, like, and, and I explain that fully because I think if you just say that statement, it can make, if you're not really thinking about it, it can make you go like, Oh, like, well, I don't matter. Now mm-hmm. I'm like depressed. It's, it's very freeing. It's very yeah. freeing when like, don't think of yourself as like the king of the world. If you think of yourself as like any other speck of dust that's just like fucking being blown around the room, yeah. like you won't 
Being a speck of dust is liberating. Yeah, exactly. Like you want There's to feel small. You. Yes. You don't want to be the boulder. Exactly. You want to be the speck of sand. Like I, I don't like attention. I like to go incognito and live yeah. my life normally. Yeah. And just, you know, I don't have to post everything on social mm-hmm. media. I don't have to, like, I know you probably can't see it on the podcast, but like we are, we used to live in a very small circle of people. Mm-hmm. Our humanity was relegated to a, maybe a hundred people mm-hmm. max. Mm-hmm. And then we start to evolve with, you know, developing of farming and, and cities coming mm-hmm. out. And you start to live in a world of maybe a five mile radius and a thousand people. Yeah. And you start to branch out, out and out an explosion in the last 150 years, you know, between the industrial revolution and the technological evolution we're now living in a world where this circle is so gigantic, mm-hmm. but we still forget that we, there's that inner circle of mm-hmm. people that actually are important to mm-hmm. us. And that's where we have to start living, is, is remind us that this whole global circle that we're living in, because we have the internet and everything and information, it's not that important because you're never going to meet all those people. Yeah. They're all other specks of sand. Yeah. Um, and then there's the other one. There's like an inner circle and then... That, that first circle is where you learn trust, love, mm-hmm. compassion, all those things. And it's just like if anything goes wrong with your life, it typically happens in the development of that first circle, the yeah. family, your home life. Yeah. And then you can extrapolate that and take that out into the world, into, into your larger mm-hmm. circles, and that's how you interact with people. Right. If you have a bad family, if you have a good family, that's mm-hmm. going to affect how you deal with strangers and how you mm-hmm. deal with you know, coworkers and, and people in the larger circle. Mm-hmm. But it's you know if you live in that world in the global circle, the ceiling is so high you're never going to reach it, right? And you're always going to feel like a speck of sand in the worst possible way, yeah. like inferior, yeah, like small, tiny. Yeah. But you're comparing yourself to the boulder, yeah. And Mark Twain says joy is the comparison of all. Uh, comparison is the death of all joy, right? And that's so true. Is this we're, we can feel so good about ourselves till we enter out into the world, yeah. And there's a degree of that which is good, which is, which holds us accountable, because we are living in a community. We have to constantly remember ourselves so that we're parts of the, of the beach and that speck of sand. We have to fill our role as that speck of sand. Mm-hmm. Like we have mm-hmm. to hold together as the as the beach mm-hmm. to create one bigger thing, which is humanity. Mm-hmm. And like that's the greatest religion you can have is like yeah. that sense of connection to other human beings. But you should also like want to be bigger than the speck of sand Mm -hmm. because that can happen Mm -hmm. you can evolve and become Mm -hmm. bigger but like there's no rubric for life or Mm -hmm. syllabus so you don't Mm -hmm. have to meet certain criteria at certain points now when we compare ourselves to other people we go okay you know say say you're in you know fourth fifth grade and you get held back you're immediately comparing yourself to everyone else your age they're moving forward you're not everyone's getting married right now you're not but that's okay like just because everyone else is doing at these points and especially after you get out of high school and college, you stop getting those natural checkpoints. Yeah. And you have to sort of figure out your own destiny. I'm actually, I'm so glad that you said the word checkpoints specifically because that, like, a- as a kid, I realized, I, I like, literally, I-, I asked myself at a certain point, I was like, why, why is every one trying to do the same thing? Like past, the only same thing that we should all be trying to do as every other human being is like get food, shelter, and water. Yeah, and take care of each other. Yeah, like, and take, right, exactly. Past that, it's like, well, why do you want to get married? Because everyone else is getting married. Like, that's not us. Like, obviously, you know, we could talk about like why that is uh, um, essential for like a functioning and healthy community. But like, Mm -hmm. like if we're... In terms of like the internal pressure that that you might put on yeah. yourself, especially considering 
that like we do not have that pressure of like, well, I need to like fucking get hitched with someone and make some kids because like the village needs more bodies. That is not a thing That's anymore. That's not important either, but it's also your reflection of yourself. Mm-hmm. If you feel like um, I'm not going to be attractive anymore, mm-hmm. I'm losing my hair, I'm getting right. fatter or whatever right. it is. People will go, well, I need to capitalize on how I am now yeah. and what I've always capitalized or, you know, made the most important things about me. Because some people, they go, well, how I look is the most important, mm-hmm. the most noticeable, most exceptional mm-hmm. thing about me. Because we take that inventory of ourselves and we go, all I really have is, like, I'm, I'm, I was born into a rich family or mm-hmm. I have, like, I'm tall or, like, whatever little things we have on our little sheet of yeah. us. And you go, well, I have to capitalize on this little investment I have here being, you know, attractive. I'm going to get the most attractive partner I can get Mm -hmm. and I'll get married. And like before that fades away, because that's a a, a devaluing currency right there. Yeah. And and I think like what, like maybe to make like, instead of go down the point that, you know, I was, I was going down, maybe a, a better way to think about it is like, I have friends, uh, older friends, um, that like maybe like they've like cried like actual tears because they feel like a lesser person whether because like they're at a certain age and they're not married or don't Mm -hmm. have kids or whatever and i genuinely i i like sit there and wonder i'm just like man how does how did this this is not just this person this is millions of people like how did this idea get so deeply ingrained into like our self Worth. People are overanalyzing the immalleable things about ourselves. It's like you can't cry because you were born a certain skin color mm-hmm. or a certain mm-hmm. socioeconomic mm-hmm. class. I am a very genuinely happy person, and yeah. happy is a byproduct of satisfaction. Yeah. And it's what you ask from the world and what you're given. Like I, I think because I love how I was how I was raised, the class I was born into, my family, you know, other people would look at it and see, oh, this, there's so many red flags mm-hmm. and, and bad things here. Mm-hmm. But I was just like you can't choose that. Yeah. You know, it could be infinitely worse. Yeah. And people don't have that global sense of yeah. bad things. They only think they look at that outer ring of, of the world and they only see the best things of everything. Yeah. That's like the Instagram kind of lens that yeah. the world puts on. But we see that with everything, even yeah. our communities. Nobody puts out their worst. Yeah. And and I I would say I would say I'm the uh, the same way in that like I, I don't know I'm the type of person where uh, close friends will just be like yo like how are you just like up all the time like how are you like fucking happy people are like a uh, roller coaster emotionally and I don't understand that yeah sometimes. yeah and and and, I, and I'm like yo it's not even like like um. It's so hard to describe it without trying to like sound like a fucking guru or something. But yeah, but it's it's literally just like like hmm. Use whichever vernacular or terminology you want to use to describe it. We used to call it chakras or balance or whatever it is. Like, you can sound like a hippie one way, but it doesn't matter. As long as you're trying to make a metaphor or an allegorical sense of what these intangible feelings are. It's just like, use whatever words you want without thinking, like, am I going to sound like a guru or whatever? Like... I, th- I think the best way I can put it is there's buzzwords now people use. And right. It, it describes the same shit that right. we've been dealing with as humanity forever. So. Right. Yeah. And the, the, the best way I Just can really, off, I yeah. can put it into words is like, I, maybe this sounds weird. I genuinely find comfort in my own, like whatever my shortcomings are or traumas are or like mm-hmm. negative things in my life. I find comfort knowing that everyone has them so yeah. i don't 
I don't get down by them for too long. Like I feel negative emotions, of course. Yeah. I think I think if it's a it's a matter of like duration and like how deeply do you allow like shit that doesn't go well to too. like yeah like how deeply do you allow it to like surround your whole fucking perspective mm-hmm. on life and i would say like i don't know something happens like maybe like something really really bad happens i'll have like some days like a two three day stretch where like okay right now like it's a little bit hard to like mm-hmm. be my positive self because this thing is like heavy right now but, but like, your low might be higher than someone yes. else's high. Yeah. And, and it's that's not, how I feel. And I'm not trying to, I'm not, I don't brag about how I feel right, about myself, right. but some people, some people, like I genuinely feel satisfied with my life. Like I, I don't have, I'm not a rich man. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of power or like the, you know, all those things that we mm-hmm. associate with success, but I'm satisfied with my life. Yeah. And like I have, I demand very little. Mm-hmm. I collect very little. I don't like, I take inventory of everything I absolutely need in life. And and people are, you know, there's an Italian saying, but I'll just say it in English. It's just like, uh, is this your demon? Your demons will, uh, what is it? Your spirit will uh, affect someone else's demons, basically. Yeah. I'm trying to translate in my head. But it's just like, uh, basically, the way your spirit or how you are will negatively affect the person who has that as an inadequacy. If you mm-hmm. feel, if you're happy and someone else is sad, the clearest example, they will resent you for that. Because they feel an inadequacy oh, that way, and it's dude. just like if you if you're happy, someone will come up to you and give you shit because they oh. want to be happy too. Yo, I, <laughs> I was just telling. if you smile, someone will give yeah. you shit. Yeah, because someone else can't smile. Like, yeah, dude, I, I was I was uh, telling my my roommate a certain group of people we were around, and um, I was telling them I was like, man, like I I feel really uh, weird because like. I don't know if you've ever been maybe you're you're you know yourself and maybe there's like two other people or three like two or more people one is enough like one other person is enough but especially when it's a group and everyone's kind of like sharing like why their life is shitty or why they feel like Mm -hmm. shit that day and you're just like yo like I'm actually like pretty fucking great right now like people fucking hate that but human beings hate the greatest potential for bonding and connecting to each other is through pain right because it's the only thing we all share but but I I should give some context in that like if these are not like people if these are people that you know well Mm -hmm. or and like maybe every time like 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 you you've gotten together many times and like it's always kind of it can always be negative which like i would say that happened more younger obviously like at this point in my life uh i'm not like gonna have a consistent circle of people that are just like constantly unhappy but especially like back in the day when like you know maybe it was college people and then like you kind of realize like man like all we ever talk about is like what's wrong with shit or this or that so then yeah. like it was it's in those moments where you're just like yo like I'm not even going like, so to college friends because yeah. you're all yeah. going through the same shit. Yeah, but 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 yeah. it gets like after like the fucking 20 millionth hangout, you realize like, man, it's getting old just like yeah. being negative. Commiserating together. with each yeah, other. Yeah, like let's fucking like. I can't do that. Yeah, it's just like, like I'm, I'm not the friend people come to cry on their shoulder. Yeah. And I don't have the right words to tell people because well, all I, I do is, is say the things I'm telling you. Right. Which is but, the truth. So I don't, I don't mind, I don't mind like helping a friend um, mm-hmm. or anybody get like mentally try to like you know find peace in a situation or whatever yeah. for me it's that like it has to be a solution oriented discussion yeah. it can't just be like yo my life sucks period and we're just gonna keep talking about like how shit sucks it's gotta be like yeah. yo like i'm going through this thing 
how can I feel better about this? Like, it's got to have that, yeah. like, and what do I do to fix this? I mean, I was portion. raised with my father, my grandfather, and they raised me to not complain mm. because complaining without presenting solutions is just bitching and yeah. griping. Like, it's, yeah. it's not positive. Like, yeah. it just makes some, and like, especially when it's something that's already hard to do, like, yeah. say, like, you're doing like outdoor work and it's hot mm -hmm. and it's hard to do. Like mm -hmm. complaining isn't going to make it any mm -hmm. easier. So mm -hmm. you have to just save that energy because mm -hmm. if you emotionally decide or mentally decide that this is an incredibly difficult task, yeah. you'll never do it. And on that, that word energy, um, like again, like at the risk of like sounding like a fucking like sensei or guru, mm -hmm. it's, it's, I, it, it, uh, um, like I, I try to remember that like energy is like it's kind of like like hot potato in the sense that like I try to always be aware that like Whatever if I'm you're serving, yeah, they're, they're picking up. Yep. On. I'm I've I've entered a room like can I can I like Im improve the energy or just or a, a lot of times eight out of ten times in your life just like fucking chill like you don't have to like you don't have to make you don't have to be the life of the party no. you don't have to be the downer of the party like 99 of you life be anything exactly the party, just be you 99 of the life is like just yeah. don't you don't have to be like the star but like definitely just don't like fuck up yeah. the vibe like well, that's, now there's just you know like this mean? whole like uh complaining and like all this stuff is emboldened now like mm -hmm. we we you know we live in an age where we have a platform to complain about everything yeah. so we we just see it as normal now but uh we don't realize how negative it affects your life like, right you have to be conscious of, of if you're thinking of like your social media and stuff and like you're broadcasting yourself out to the world like mm -hmm. well, be careful of what you put out there and like right. how you display yourself mm -hmm. like now you don't have to put up a front and act stronger than mm -hmm. you are but you don't have to act weak you don't right. have to do all that stuff just we know as human beings deep down that we all have our strengths and our weaknesses and we yeah. have our points of highs and lows yeah. and we accept that about each other. Yeah. But when you, when you, you know, just indulge mm -hmm. too much in one or the other mm -hmm. and you be brag, you brag too much about your mm -hmm. strengths and you cry too much about your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. It's like people don't have enough patience for that because they mm -hmm. all have their own problems. Mm -hmm. It's just like, there's nothing good that's really going to come from throwing your problems out into the world. Yeah. It's just like a bunch of feathers going out in the world. Yeah. You're trying to collect them yeah. back. You can never do it. Yeah. And it's like, um, what were we talking about? We were talking about, you are saying the energy you bring into a mm -hmm. room. Like, you know, the, the saddest person can be the one that's acting out the most and just clowning around Very and just like point. being the biggest person. Yeah. Like you look at Robin Williams. I was literally, I was like he, he had this right on my tongue, deep man. down urge yeah. to be the center of attention. And that could come from that first circle we're talking mm -hmm. about his parents never paying attention to him. Yeah. His parents both working or being working class family, yeah. from, you know, Boston or wherever he's from. It's just like, look at that, how that person coped with that initial trauma mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, brought out and he was successful with it he capitalized on that you know and that's yeah. what we all do we take that he at least spun that right. negative thing that happened to him into something that was yeah. positive overall yeah. like he made a lot of people laugh and he did a lot of good things but he was yeah. still harming himself in, in terms of being an alcoholic right. and eventually committing suicide mm -hmm. and just like uh, he just and that's what's sad is you have to find the humanity in every person and realize like we all have our baseline needs and demands like yeah. You don't have to. You shouldn't have to ever ask to be respected, yeah. to be loved, yeah. and appreciated. And like yeah. those are the three basic things we all want as human beings: yeah. is like someone to give a shit about what we're doing mm -hmm. in our life or how we are, 
It's just right. like we equate that. Okay, well, I want to be married so that someone has to ask me what I'm doing every day, yeah. and I'm accountable, and somebody cares what I did today. Yeah. And like, even if it's in a negative, like a uh, you know, uh, envious kind of way, at least somebody cares about what you're doing. Right, like you exist to somebody. Right. It's, it's just it, like people are like, I don't want to die and be in my apartment. And my cat eats me. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And like, yeah. no one cares that I was alive or yeah. dead. Yeah, but but it's also it's also mm-hmm. the way, like, it's probably worth noting, like, um, the. The closer you are to quote unquote modernization, the most likely that like per, on average that everyone in that you know community is a little just is just a lot more uh, uh, centered like yeah. and and just centered is not the right word just selfish in in that like selfish is not inherently a negative word but you are inherent you are you are more selfish. <laughs> If you grow up in a more "quote unquote" yeah. modernized world with technology, but being selfless and, or altruistic isn't good either. It's, right, you can't. And this is something that we do in our society. Is like we we take. Um, it's like romanticizing poverty mm-hmm. and idolizing uh, success, like monetary mm-hmm. success and wealth. Mm-hmm. Like rich mm-hmm. people. Oh my god! Like we will watch a show about a hot person, mm-hmm. about a rich person, mm-hmm. about you know this, and then we'll gawk at the other direction and go, let's look at like a little people living their lives yeah. or just like overweight people living their lives. It's like there's no, the, the regular people in the middle right. never really get attention. Right. It's just like people who are just living their lives in an, in an uneventful but positive way. Yeah. And it's just like that's what we get to when we get to elections. Yeah. It's like we only ever, uh, you know, it's it's the tax cuts for the super wealthy right. or it's like we're giving too much money to the poverty, like impoverished people or yeah. the homeless and like these are all mostly big city issues too. Right. Like the regular small town in Kansas doesn't give a shit either. Right. Way. Like they're all on the same level. Right. There's no real rich people in their town, but they, um, but then that's why the middle class always feels neglected in elections too. And they, then they yeah. lash out and they say, well, we're going to vote for Donald Trump or we're going to vote for Bernie or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And they, they go, well, we need to radicalize ourselves and become these extremes right. that people pay attention to. Well, I mean, well, actually first, before I respond to that, the, uh, Something about the Robin Williams thing just yeah, popped back off. up in my head. Um, what was it? Uh, this might sound fucked up, but like I have kind of come to a, a recent like conclusion in my thought process in that like I don't think I don't think it is wise to allow people to be a part of like the measure of your happiness. And in the sense, I'm not saying mm-hmm. people can't make you happy. I'm, I'm more so saying, like even in a relationship or in dating, I'm saying like, it should be your happiness yeah. plus someone else's happiness combining to make like more happiness. But like, there's still, there there's a, or maybe there's levels to happiness yeah. in that like your level one fundamental backbone should be like things that like, if you are the only human on earth, what are you just like grateful for in terms of just like existing? Like yeah. in that, like that should be unshakable. And I say that because like, um, to the people, people I know that like, whether it's like the status of their relationship or what people think about them or this or that, that like causes their fundamental sense of happiness to fluctuate like wildly, just like, go up and down up and down which can lead mm-hmm. to all kinds of shit it it 
I don't there there's a and maybe I've like learned this just from like hard experiences in life in that like there's got to be something that when you are like all alone in a corner you are like still happy to exist and yeah. live and push forward. Like it's like the interconnectivity is like having people that care about you. I think especially for men and like it's not all men. Mm-hmm. There's obviously mm-hmm. exceptions to everything, but there's enough data to show like that this is a trend for men. Is it's like would you what to be a successful man in our modern society is all you have to do is say what's expected of me and do that. Mm-hmm. And then anything above that is is extra. It's mm-hmm. just like you say, okay, I'm a father, I'm a I'm a husband or whatever. Like what's expected of me for that? Mm-hmm. What's my obligations and then fulfill that? Mm-hmm. And it's very simple because mm-hmm. there's not very many things. All right. you have to do is be present as a human being and physically being there mm-hmm. but then mentally being there. Mm-hmm. And then also being a provider if that's your role and then, you know, spending that time if you have children, especially, but even especially with a partner, everything takes a certain amount of, of time mm-hmm. commitment. Mm-hmm. And time is the most valuable currency. Right. It's just like you don't get more of it. And we, we're all allotted a, an X amount. We don't know how much that is. Right. It's just like that's the, the greatest thing you can do for somebody is give them your time mm-hmm. and listen to them. Mm-hmm. And like that's the most valuable thing to me. And that's yeah. why I'm satisfied in my life is because I know – people do care about me because I've taken the time to care about them mm-hmm. and it's a reciprocal thing mm-hmm. and you you and and so there are some people in your life you're always going to put more effort in than they are right and that's fine they're right. not toxic people right but you um but yeah some things are going to be a, worth a little bit more money yeah they're gonna be worth a little bit more time yeah but you have to say okay let's analyze this use your brain and think what do I need right. is that being satisfied because mm-hmm. it's not all about you know especially I was saying you know, for manhood, you have to say what's expected of me and then reach that. But you have to ask things too, and they have to reach that too. It yeah. has to be a fair relationship. Yeah. Like a lot of the times, like in, in the old days, maybe a hundred years ago or more, like men just were grunts. They just yeah. worked. They yeah. just worked, made money, and then put that back into their life. Yeah. And like any derivation from that made you not a great father mm-hmm. or not a great mm-hmm. husband. Um, and, and it's hard to have your own life too and, and still be meeting your obligations. Right. That's a hard thing. You're, you balance that your whole life. Mm-hmm. It's not really, and it's. I find it with with music. Like I have to say, my personal life and my musical career. Right. Like they are in tandem, and they have to work together well, because like I'm useless in either direction or in either field if Very I'm not yeah. balanced in that way. Yeah. And I don't have to use any hippie mentality to say balance or like, yeah. chakras aligned. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like all of my goals are confined mm-hmm. and acknowledged. Mm-hmm. I know what I want. I know what kind of person I am. And that comes from a lot of, you know, soul searching yeah. and, and sitting alone by myself. Yeah. You know, it, I'm not an introverted person, but I force myself to sit alone. And I'm not a person who needs to be around people all the time. Right. Like I'm not annoying yeah, extrovert. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and I, I hate attention. Like yeah. I, I just like being around people. Yeah. It's just like, I, I do my work a lot of the time. I'll go to like a, a library or something around people. Yeah. Like in college, I would always just go study on the noisiest floor. Yeah. Cause I can just tune the noise out. I just it's, like the ambient sound. I'm same way. Same so I just way. sit there and work and I'm just in my happy place. Yeah. And it's like, uh, I just know there's people there. It's yeah. like, I like living with roommates cause there's always somebody around. Yeah. Um, Cause I just grew up with that. I'm yeah. one of seven siblings. Yeah. Like, and then my, my grandmother lived with us for mm-hmm. a little bit. My mom, my dad, I grew up down the street from my grandmother's. She lived down the street. So yeah. like there was a very strong, like nuclear family with little yeah. extensions here and there. Yeah. And, uh, and then my, all my uncles are within 15 miles of mm-hmm. us. So it's like, a, that's what I'm used to a mm-hmm. big crowd of people. Yeah. I don't require that every time, but it's familiar to me. Yeah. So it's comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, maybe to like, like, 
again, kind of like clean up, you know, my my kind of, I guess, opinion or, or realization of just like people um, like your 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 fundamental like that, like mm-hmm. layer one of happiness should be should absolutely be like you like the independent variable that you are in yeah. your existence in that like um uh if someone leaves you someone decides to stop talking to you mm-hmm. of course that is going i'm not saying like oh okay this means that like that nothing will ever not be either. painful yeah mm-hmm. it just means that like it just means like for for your own sake that like your world your existence is enough for you to like love life itself like 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 it is more so for your sake that you and and i would even say this is where the the having the mentality of giving and not receiving is really really helpful in that like i don't know if you're going into uh and this is really weird because i've literally never heard anyone say this but like if you're going to a relationship and you're like man like i want someone that treats me like this and does these things for me and this or Mm -hmm. that like you hear that all the time Literally, I have never really heard someone verbally out loud say, out loud say man, I want to go in a relationship because, like, I want to provide this for someone. Mm-hmm. I want to, like, not just money. Like, I want to, like, make someone feel loved. I want to, like, do all the little – like, I'm, yeah. I'm just so excited to, like, do this thing where, like, my happiness will come from, like, giving this person my all and, mm-hmm. like, my heart and stuff. Like, you never hear – that. I'll tell you, I have friends that have lists on their phone, like on their notes, yeah. with everything they need from a person. Right. And and, 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 and like it's an Oprah thing right, or something like right. that. And, 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 like, I, that and I could not be good. Too. Exactly. And I think the giving, I think giving to people mm-hmm. has always, I think it's always just been looked at as like, oh, you're either giving or receiving. I actually think giving protects you from, if your desire is to like add to something, it is it is putting you in the driver's seat to say that like here is all the, the beautiful and yeah. not, but not even just upper ground with that person's like here are all the beautiful things that like I have mm-hmm. that I can provide like this is something no one can take from me like I have these things to provide yeah. and I think if you're in that me- mentality of like what can I receive that then becomes that that then comes down to like every specific person you encounter like what can i get from this person what can i get yeah. but what you can give that never changes and i think if like that's if that is the center of like your happiness if you try obviously we all want things but like if you try to make giving at least as important as yeah. receiving and try to get happiness from that giving i i think like your your happiness will be more stable because now if like let's say mm-hmm. you that friendship or that relationship You're something really good here yeah you know like maybe that friendship or that relationship is 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 now over you still have those same you things gave to give. that can't be given taken away right it's just uh the act of giving is something we all have to discover in our own time but we should find that giving needs no retribution mm-hmm. and that you should do things because and that's especially for men it's just like you're gonna have to do mm-hmm. things that aren't going to be thanked. You're not going to be thanked yeah. for doing it. You're not going to yeah. be, uh, you know, it's just going to have to get done. Yeah. Like I, I live in my, in a house right now with a couple of friends similar to this, just like a guy's house. Yeah. And it's just like, it's not like a frat level dilapidation, yeah. but it's just like, um, if things don't get done, like 
it just doesn't get done and things get worse. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't mind doing the dishes. I don't mind taking out the trash and yeah. buying new trash bags and all the stuff that has to get done anyway. <laughs> yeah. And like, maybe I'll ask them like Venmo me a couple bucks. But other than that, like, I'm like, otherwise we just keep getting worse and worse. Yeah. So it just takes one person just to change the vibe and yeah. bring in that energy of like, pride in the place where we yeah. live and like uh, you know are we going to be a little cleaner right because if you right. never talk about it just nobody ever addresses yeah. it and it just sort of goes unspoken yeah. but um but you don't have to be thanked for doing it either right like they some of them do thank me mm-hmm. they send me a text like oh, hey thanks for cleaning mm-hmm. the bathrooms or something like that i was just mm-hmm. like but i would have done it anyway because mm-hmm. it has to get done mm-hmm. and like that's in your professional career like that will help you too and people don't think like my time's too important i can't be cleaning someone else's bathroom mm-hmm. or doing this stuff like when you have a kid like they're not going to thank you for anything. Mm-hmm. Like you're just mm-hmm. going to have to do it because otherwise they die. Like, yeah. Children are incredibly fickle and yeah. like, hard to survive. Like, and even for cubs and like small animals in the wilderness, yeah. like the parents just have to do that. And even they have ingrained in their DNA to have maternal and fraternal yeah. instincts yeah. to take care of things without anyone telling them. Yeah. To do it. Which, by the way, I mean, I was you know to you and just like people listening, like. When I, like, say, like, man, like, you know, I think giving is, is or having that mentality of, like, giving and not receiving it's and a joy not, to not giving, expecting back. Honestly. Yeah, like, like, and I do not say that as in, like, oh, like, that is, like, my mindset and, like, I'm like that all the time. Like, I, I kick myself every fucking day when, like, mm-hmm. I find myself in moments where it's, like, fuck, like, I expected way too much from this person or from this thing in that, like, um, like, like, here I am, like, like I'll, it's something that you have to, like, remind yourself every day because you're going to feel your wants way more than, like, you know, whatever your you want to get. evolve over time. Yeah, You exactly. can't have a list today that's exactly. going to fit you for the rest of your life. Yeah, but, like, I, I just try to, I, it's, again, it's a daily thing where I try to catch myself in moments yeah. where it's, like, okay, I've been, like, thinking about, like, the outcome that I want from this thing a mm-hmm. little bit too much. Like, let me try to think from a different perspective of, like, damn okay i mean like what how and also i mean the 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 one thing about also about uh getting into that giving mindset is that like that is all action uh with like with your wants and what you're receiving a lot of times like that can be sitting around waiting for something to be given to you to like receive this thing and like sometimes you have to discover what you want yeah it's not something presented to you you have to find it over time and it's just what you see in others that you value, what you see in yourself that you wish you could improve or that you do love about yourself right yeah. now. Because that's something you have to do even though if you don't think you're in an advantageous position with lots of talents and natural mm-hmm. abilities, you still have to find something you do love about yourself. Yeah. And you have to be able to be proud of yourself. Yeah. And there, there's reason for that in a plethora of different things. Like you, and it, it might not be the most conventional thing mm-hmm. to be, but we all have our talents, we all have our skills and our abilities. and. And something about our perspective or our history that brings to the table something invaluable. Mm-hmm. Because um, a lot of the time, like we we're, we try to find value in things so that we can exploit it to its most maximal capital mm-hmm. outcome, which is like, how much money can I make off this? And a lot of times with people, we sadly do that. We right. see what value does this person have to mm-hmm. me? And like a lot of people will ghost you or just move on or not respond mm-hmm. to you or not want to be friends with you because mm-hmm. they don't see immediate value to you. Mm-hmm. But like all the people who are greatest successes went, they went into the, the, the frontier and found a hole with oil in mm-hmm. it. There was no sign that says oil here. Yeah. We don't wear our value on our face. Yeah. And yeah. that's something we have to all value, yeah. learn too. 
And it's just like, if you only value what somebody looks for, like you're going to get in line with everyone else who wants an yeah. attractive person or a tall person. Yeah. And there's, there's so much more people offer than just maybe yeah. one of those two very tangible present yeah. attributes. But if you want to go digging around in a, in a Goodwill, you'll, you might find something cool if you spend the hour right. to dig through everything and right. find something cool. If you go out to the frontier where nobody wants to go, mm-hmm. you might find something no one else has looked for. Mm-hmm. And you don't even know what you're looking right. for. But you just go out there and because there's opportunity. Right. And that's the greatest thing right. you can look for is like opportunity is the greatest experience you can you can seek in mm-hmm. life because it's, they're not – they're not growing on trees. Right. Like you have they're very finite. And I think something you're you're saying, obviously what you're saying right now, like it relates to all people, um, in terms of like, you know, just judging a person and you know, what whatever this person might be to you. But I, I would even say, especially um uh for, you know, younger uh uh people, um, I would definitely, you know, throw myself in that category in the sense that like, um, it's so easy when you're in your maybe like maybe you, you're you're just getting in college, so you're 18 or something. You're in your mm-hmm. early 20s, and like you're looking at like your friends and people for who they are now. And like you just said, like you know, there's people that'll ghost people, like oh, because I don't know if this person you know has what I'm looking for, blah blah blah. But like w- one thing that that I kind of realized, you know, at some point was was. Um, especially especially on the younger side like you're you're it's 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 more like yo gravitate towards people that like because you're trying to grow like gravitate towards people who are who are putting in the effort like they might not be shit right now but one thing that like when you on your wavelength yeah just look up with them because they're they they want to do the same things exactly and it's just like a it's a raft you got to row together yeah and you'll get farther like i said at the beginning of the podcast like you can go faster or farther and what's more important to you yeah do you want to be the fastest and that's like conventionally attractive people tall people anybody with like those very obvious positive things. They're going fast because right. they're going through their period where they have that on their side. Like if you if you're making your living off how ripped you are, or how good looking mm-hmm. you are, there's a lifespan yeah. of that that's short. Yeah. yeah, and you have to go fast. And I and I and I. But say you want to go farther, and that's the long game, and that's the one people don't want to play. Right. But and you I, need people to do that long games. You need to row together in the same direction. Exactly. So, and man, I say that. I say that because. Like, I I know people who um uh, uh it's kind of like it's kind of like the girl in high school is like I only date older guys like like that mentality is like one of like that goes into anything and that like I know people who are like man like I only I only hang out with like people who are you know where like I, I want to be or like people who have like like they'll meet people that are on their level and be like ah okay like you can't but help that me or whatever. example you're giving is they're immediately seeing their their superior they want yeah. someone on their level yeah. and they see their level as being much yeah. higher yeah and they go well a man my age won't be able to provide me with things i want they won't you know but they will understand you they'll yeah. be at your level in terms of development yeah. they'll yeah. be your age they'll have the same references and, and history as you yeah it's very hard to like do a too big of a gap with people. It's just like because you're at different levels in life, mm-hmm. and you're, you're you're evolving at your different level, especially when you're super young mm-hmm. like that. Like your brain's not fully formed until yeah. you're 25, yeah. so like 
that's a whole mess. Yeah. Like I was a mess probably up until that yeah. point, but yeah. like I'm still a mess today. But yeah. like I, I embrace that about myself. Yeah. I love the chaos yeah. of it, like the variety and the interesting different right. things I can do. Right. And uh, and it, and it leads me to find new creative outlets. Right. Because I'm like every piece I'm writing. I'm trying to discover like, and, it, and this is like sounds so lofty, like I'm a wizard or something. But I'm discovering like a new little musical world. Yeah, it might not be you know Fiji Island, but yeah. it might be this little tiny crappy island. Yeah, and it might not be fr- yielding too much fruit. Mm-hmm. But I found something, mm-hmm. and like, and that's the discovery. You just have to get used to going out there into the scary waters, right. And find a new little musical island that mm-hmm. might present a new little idea yeah and then if you're just practicing the craft of music you can develop whatever little scraps you get Mm -hmm. into something big Mm -hmm. and that's what i like and a lot of composers don't do that they don't they're not writing every day like i I remember in college a lot of the composition majors that were with me they're just like i hate writing i'm like you are not in the right field yeah yeah like you should be doing something that you actually get validation and get to see yourself level up in yeah because we're addicted to that as human beings like we Time is going forward whether we want it to or not. Whether we go along with it yeah. is how, affects how we feel about ourselves. Yeah. If we feel like everyone our age is, is leveling up faster, that could be true. Yeah. You might be lagging behind and that could be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, it doesn't have to be the same little channel they're going down. Right. Like right. You could be in your own thing. And for me, especially with music, like my family's not overly musical. Like I have a few people that played a few instruments or just like sang or mm-hmm. stuff like that. And this is nobody pursued it as a living. Mm-hmm. But um, I've always had to just do my own thing and keep my eyes in my own lane. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I, all my friends from high school, they were engineers and doctors. And I'm like, I could go that route. Yeah. I, I'm not dumb. Like I can yeah. probably push my way through college yeah. and get like a STEM field degree or go into some more advanced yeah. thing where I'm going to get paid a lot. Yeah. But that's not a motivator to me because thank God I grew up in a, a lower income right. household yeah. and I didn't expect that much from yeah. the world. I didn't have to maintain a, a style of living yeah. that was presented to me without my choice. Which by the way, you're saying something that's super, super, super fucking important and I did not realize was an advantage when I was like uh, a, a younger student in my undergrad in that, like, man, because I, I, I be, growing up with uh, uh, less, especially specifically in the classical game, um, classical music, you know, world, like, it's like mm-hmm. you, at, it, there are the disadvantages are obvious zero to like 17 or 18 whenever you get into school because. Yes, if you had the parents that could get you that, like, fucking five, maybe even six-figure uh, cost instrument, you know, yeah. or or you could get into, like, these camps, study with this person, the disadvantages... That's not always a good thing, though. Right, exactly, in that, like, the tail end, the second half of, of or part two of life is then, like, the beginning of yeah. adulthood. And then seeing, like, so many of, like, my students that, like, maybe 22, 23, they graduated, they're on their own, and, like, this is their first experience being broke. Yeah. They don't know how it's to... Like, they couldn't sit in a room like this yeah. and be like, oh, this is not up to par yeah. with me. Yeah, Nothing ever... They, everything is a step down, which yes. is not always good for people. Yes. But what... Here's, here's an example I give people, and this happened at, like, my high school, but it's just like... You always think that they have the upper advantage, that people with more money, the more resources, more power, or whatever influence, or whatever it is... It's just like, okay, say you're a rambunctious kid, you're born into my family, mm-hmm. you know, what car are you driving in high school? Some junker, some like piece of shit that my mom got yeah. me or something. It's like a hundred dollar car. 
you know, I can't go, like I, I had a, a Chevy Caprice and it probably could go maybe 35, 40 miles an hour. It's a clunker of a car. <laughs> and what if I was going super fast? I couldn't speed and kill myself in that. But right. if a rich kid, they're driving a fucking Maserati. Yeah. They can go 150 mm-hmm. miles an hour if mm-hmm. they want. Do you want that power given to that mm-hmm. child? Mm-hmm. That's not something you want. Yeah. So it's not always advantageous to have all those resources and all those things because already you're at the ceiling. Where else do you go? Yeah. It's just like you already have every resource and, and thing given to you. You have no drive in life. Yeah. Yeah. And you just sort of relinquish yourself yeah. to base joys and, yeah. and pleasures and like everything's a novelty. There's no, it's very hard to find reason to get up in the morning. Yeah. You get depressed. Like this is this is on my mind because uh, struggle uh, is living like that's right. you have to learn that lesson like it's good to struggle it yeah. means you're changing you're evolving you're getting yeah. stronger like you have struggle is 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 existing yeah and pain is 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 being human I, I was I was just um um watching a TV show I I, I it, it was it's called Billions and. Uh, uh, fucking great show. It's just yeah. But anyway, <laughs> one of the characters, um, he just said like a like a by the way comment on like um, I think businesses or dynasties or whatever. He was like he was like the first one comes from nothing and like creates the business and like the idea. The second one like develops it into like you know a wider thing or something because like he saw that first one do it like, you know, build it from the ground up. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's still a lot of, like, respect for that thing. Yeah. And then he says, like, the third one ruins it in that, like, they were not a part of, like, any aspect of, like, the growth of this business or dynasty. And yeah. I think the, the, the comment was, the, the point was that, like, maintaining that um, across, like, generations in, like, a family or whatever, or it, it doesn't even have to be a, a family. It can be a school that maybe has a certain philosophy. Any business that has, like, a philosophy mm-hmm. – and like passing not only like the success, the tangible success of that business down to like the next CEO or whoever, but like the philosophy that that's where it's like so many of my friends going to, to school. I, I think like earlier in life, in my teens, I like, I think I envied because like the, what, what I didn't have was just so much more obvious from a financial yeah. standpoint. It's very visceral to yeah. notice those things that they have and you don't yeah. have. And it, it's very hard to force yourself to not feel you're inferior. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, you're saying in that billions thing that there's the, the third person ruins it. It's just like there needs to be competition a little bit to push you to do something at a certain pace. Like yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of the most classic example of that is, is Westinghouse and, and Thomas Edison, like mm-hmm. AC versus DC electricity. Mm-hmm. And uh, the competition that happened between that, which furthered the development of the technology mm-hmm. at a rate that would have not happened if they mm-hmm. were not competing each other directly for the for control of city grids and everything like that. And um, so, so, yeah, it's like Pepsi and Coke. And it's like the, the classic capitalism example is that competi- competition breeds innovation and, um, yeah. you know, competition or, or capitalism without uh, competition mm-hmm. is exploitation, mm-hmm. and and there's no perfect yeah. economic system yeah. out there. You just have to make it work. Yeah. Humans will corrupt whatever. Yeah, but you should you shouldn't be afraid of competition either. Mm-hmm. Is you should want other people to be doing things along with you. Mm-hmm. And it's like we have to realize who's a competitor and who's a compatriot and who's like a, a right. commiserator, somebody that's along with you. Right. Because like you know, it's it's very hard it's very hard to separate people from like what their drives and their tasks are and it's what's like pushing them and 
And you have to, to really know somebody, you have to know what they are. Like right now talking to you, I'm getting a strong sense of you have like an emotional intelligence. You're a very methodical thinker, which is, it's not something people like that get to flex a lot. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you can wear on your face mm-hmm. and it takes some time, like yeah. I'm giving now and you're giving to me, which is reciprocal, is to understand somebody on that level. And we're afraid of that. Yeah. We don't want to get attached to somebody. Yeah. It's just like, if you pa- if you walk past a homeless person, most people just look away yeah. or scour, just like, they, they treat them with harshness because they don't want to know their story. They yeah. don't want to know how they got there because that could remind them they could get there. Yeah. And it's just like, that's like a, a yeah. lot of like um, the Western world and just like in terms of just our society in general, it's just like there always has to be a hierarchy there yeah. and there has to be, well, the, I'm not at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Like these homeless people are at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in the South before the Civil War. It's just like, well, black people were always the bottom mm-hmm. part of the, the social strata. Mm-hmm. And they go, even the poorest white person could go and say, well, at least I'm not black. Right. So they had that buffer there and the socioeconomic hierarchy right. they had there. And you get rid of that and blow out the bottom floor and everyone's pushed together and yeah. it creates a, a dissonance for a while. Right. And naturally there's, you know, a conflict there. Yeah. But, um, that's what happens all the time is this, there, there has to be a feeling that you're doing a little bit better than somebody else. Yeah. Or you're, but then there's also the, the grief and the, the lack of joy that comes from comparing yourself to people doing better right. than you. Right. And you have to, and p- human beings are so fickle that way. They will do that even though they know it's the worst thing to mm-hmm. do. They mm-hmm. will keep doing negative and toxic things, but they know better. Yeah. You know, we have religion and philosophy and all these things that teach us better than that. Yeah. Treat each other with kindness and like these are the these especially as you get older, you start to value different things. And yeah. You start to say kindness is so rare to find. Yeah. Someone with an emotional intelligence is a rarity. Yeah. Someone who will spend time and actually listen to me. Yeah. And have a conversation, not just wait for you to finish and say what they want to say. Yeah. And that's the, like a lot of friendships, especially like if you get into big cities. Like yeah. people love to gripe about L.A. Yeah. But it's just like I love this city. I love living here. Yeah. Um, it has everything I want, and there's people here that I would never meet anywhere else. Yeah. And, and just because I grew up in Philadelphia as a kid, first 10, 11 years of my life, actually in the city, not in a suburb or anything. I, I grew up around an incredibly diverse population of people. My best friends in school, half our school was Filipino. Like oh, yeah. we lived in Filipino, black people, Latino yeah. people, and a couple white people. And it's just like the, when the, the thing is the paradigm is switched around. Mm-hmm. I have a black aunt. Mm-hmm. Like I have a lot of diversity in my life and I love that. Mm-hmm. I love the variety and hearing different people's stories and how different people live. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and even like how we're living here. Like mm-hmm. I live in a place like this, yeah. Yeah. nothing fancy. Yeah. I don't have, you know, a, you know, perfectly organized house. Oh, like, yeah. I, I live in my house. Yeah. It's a place where I live. Yeah. It's not a showroom or a museum. Yeah. But people, some will walk in here and it's not accustomed to what they're used right. to. But I've walked in house with holes in the floor. <laughs> I, I grew up in a house that roaches would come out yeah. sometimes when you'd flick the light yep. on. Yep. And uh, <laughs> it gets better. It, yeah. It's just like there could always be worse. Yeah. So you just have to be really grateful for everything you have and especially the people. Because you could have nobody yeah. in your life. And, and something you you touched on earlier too, um, in terms of like, because like, I, I, I'm kind of, I was thinking back to like, um, aspects of, of uh, graduating from school, especially as a musician in terms of like Scary. attributes, you know, and exactly perfect word in, in that. It's terrifying. Um, it's what, what's difficult is that you can watch motivational videos, this or whatever. Mm-hmm. There is nothing like actually pulling yourself out of a shitty situation 
and landing on your feet to build actual real fucking confidence in your ability to you persevere something. That exactly. Too, because you're going to constantly have to pick exactly. yourself up. And if you're familiar with how that works and how you mm -hmm. think and how you mm -hmm. feel, you're going to know exactly how to pick yourself yeah. up. You're not going to resort to drugs or some yeah. crutch yeah. that's going to help you live. Yeah. I and, and that's why I actually have a ton of respect for my friends that um, grew up uh, everything taken care of financially, never had to worry about shit. And then like, like, you know, post school or whatever, um, they handled being broke for the first time in their lives. Um, really fucking well. Yeah. Cause it I doesn't have, matter your yeah. background. It matters how you move forward yeah. and how you deal with the yeah. change. Yeah. I have a lot. Yeah. Exactly. I don't resent rich people. Yeah. I don't all. hate poor yeah. people or, or say they're heroes. Yeah. It's just, we're all on a level field. We just all have different stats on our yeah. card, you know, like yeah. we're all leveled up different ways. And it's just like, you can't hate the rich. You can't hate the poor. Yeah. You know, we're, we're all cohabitating on this planet and we all need both of those people. Mm -hmm. You need rich people to make the jobs. You need the people mm -hmm. down here to fill those jobs. And that's it. People will say, well, I make the job, so I'm more important. Mm -hmm. or, I, or I do the job and the unions and at the bottom they go, we're more important because we control more people. Right. There's more workers than people making jobs. Exactly. And it's just like, well, it's symbiotic. Mm -hmm. It's you need both of them. Mm -hmm. it's, and we have to stop villainizing either role mm -hmm. and start to like be more collaborative in general as a species mm -hmm. and start saying, and it's a very, and we saw this in the pandemic. It's very hard for us to get agree on anything. Right. Even during the pandemic, we did not agree on things. We didn't do what we needed to do mm -hmm. because we couldn't agree with it. And partly because Republicans made it by a partisan issue. Yeah. And we have to start shaming people for that. Yeah. To say like, we, we can't play with our existence and our humanity like that. And you get into issues like global warming and everything like that. It's like, we can't joke around and yeah. like play our little little chimp brain games with well, this you know so i'm i'm so glad we have you, to evolve you said uh, yeah. uh chimp brain because that this is where i usually like lose people in that like i have uh it's not even really a theory I, it's just like a thought it's like i i um um uh i wish there was like a a, a chart that could show the relation between like citizens and uh uh the government or king but just the the powers that be mm -hmm. and the citizens in terms of like uh physical proximity from a violence perspective in that like if 10,000 years ago uh citizens were more were closer to the people who ran their lives in the sense that like this guy has a spear, that guy has a spear. And though it might sound like primitive or savage, like nothing, nothing so far in human history besides money. Money is the closest thing that like keeps someone in line in the sense that like I should not screw this person over because there is this consequence. Yeah, if you fuck with somebody's yes, income you, yeah, or their, like, their livelihood, yeah. then that's Yeah, your people will like yeah. I guess in history it was like they will, you know, uh uh you know go past the wall and take over like your castle or whatever. Mm -hmm. Now it is fucking virtually impossible to have any, like you literally cannot touch anyone that a politic like you can't touch a politician you can't touch anyone they work with you can't touch any like any of their family i'm not yeah. saying that like you should be able to like hurt people if they fuck you over but it's it's this for me I, i'm really just posing like the question in that like we 
we in recent years, like 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 what went down with JFK, his assassination, that's that will a citizen, technologically speaking, a citizen will never be able to do some shit like that again. Well, that's all ever. just like, like that is like a lot of um. You were saying messing with somebody's livelihood or what was yeah, normal to them yeah, or what their environment is, yeah. what they're used to. That is the scariest thing to a human being, and it's like people killed JFK because he was saying things that. They yeah. didn't like again, not right. You know. It's not. It's not right. But it's. It's to me. I'm. I'm. Same I'm with Martin I'm, Luther King. They killed right. him. They killed Robert F. Kennedy. They. They killed him because their ideas. Exactly. And just like that's the most powerful thing in our in our lives is just the ideas and like the radical ones. And we. Mm-hmm. I mean, we go to war for fifty years in in small Asian countries and do this whole Cold War thing to mm-hmm. stop the spread mm-hmm. of an idea. Well, th- and that's why and I specifically say citizens because, like, you know, with JFK and ML- MLK, other political people, there, there's a c- conspiracy theory for, like, every person. It's like, oh, the CSI yeah. or CIA, whatever. But, like, like in terms of the everyday average citizen that, like, I, I think um, um, why this kind of hit me or, like, when this hit me was watching the Lincoln movie and... Um, mm-hmm. I think like some guy just came from his fucking horse from like Virginia or something, rode on his horse to DC, went to the fucking White House and looked Abe in the fucking eye. That can't happen anymore. That doesn't that fucking happen Harry anymore. Harry Truman used to have a sign on his desk to the buck stops here. People would just come in and he would just have open hours and people would come in and yeah. ask things. And and I think you were saying earlier proximity to the citizenry yeah. uh, in relation to the power is important is just realize that these are not just numbers and things mm-hmm. on a on a on but a but, but not board, even but not know? even just physically because it's one thing you know for our po- current politicians twenty twenty one to be like oh man you know maybe I should like get in line more because like um uh now every citizen like has a drone that they can fire a missile at my house so like internet right exactly so like now like the maybe JFK thing happened because no one could access information, right. freedom of right. information. Act. Right. You have to thank hippies for that. In, in the in the sense that, like, like I don't know if it, it's a, it's an exact analogy, but it's all it's also kind of the theory of like, well, if everyone has nukes, then that's actually why we are safe because like yeah. everyone fucking has them. I kind of that that's where I kind of. It, it's not even just the violence or physical proximity, but like I would also say where I am like. I'm just really wondering where mm. society is headed in the sense that, like, mentally, too, I do not think, obviously, the gap between, like, this guy's living in this world and this guy's living in this world, this is the yeah. biggest gap it's ever been. I'll, I'll explain that in that, like, you know, if I'm watching Game of Thrones or something, like, the peasant that they might show when they, like, open the scene, he's, like, shoveling something, whatever, he's going to go back home and, like, maybe have some water, some, like, shitty wine and, like, some shitty bread, but like the oh, richest yeah. person though is just like they're getting like better water and better bread and there was better rich wine. people who wouldn't eat vegetables they thought they were for poor people right, and that's right. why gout was a king's disease right. back in the but, day. But they weren't they were not literally experiencing different fucking realities in the they way that like either. the richest yeah. people today are experiencing. Like, like they have access. Like there are just now whole fucking things and like ways of living that like people with power and money have. That like people like it was never, dude. Like like everyone back in the day had a fucking horse, but was it like was your horse like this champion horse or is yours like yeah. this shitty one? It wasn't we didn't care like about how many pistons were right, on the horses. Right, engine. exactly. But like now it's like, dude, like what color it was. You're in a shitty car. I'm in a jet or yeah. helicopter. Where like 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 the 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 
the differences between access now it, it well that's like the style of power back in the day too is just like uh, the information and the ability to know what's out there and if it could be better or worse it was controlled back then like yeah you wait it, it was not like as great for the individual during the the feudal era, mm -hmm. era where there was kings and, and monarchies and clear ruling class and the working class and uh they were kept out of politics, mm -hmm. and ultimately, sometimes they were better off. Right. Like it sucked; they had to go to wars and fight these mm -hmm. power struggles. But you have to realize, like, we keep trying to applicate logical thinking to the concept of power. Yeah. But power is inherently anti-intellectual. Yeah. It's not about facts. And Donald Trump took this to the next level. He didn't give a shit. Mm -hmm. And like that's the difference between a Democrat and a Republican. A, de a Republican doesn't care about how wrong he is. Yeah. But a Democrat cares about how right they are. Yeah. And they, they'll fight and, and bicker over which one's actually right. And yeah. who's the best candidate. Yeah. They go, oh, it's like this guy. Yeah. He's loud. He's a bully. He pushes yeah. around. Some people like that in a ruler. They yeah. want that strong, that at least that presentation right. of strength. Right. Because that's what they want. A lot of people just want to, and that's why religion is so popular, is because like we like to get rid of all these worries and thoughts and just put them on somebody right. else. Right. Right. You go, I don't have to worry about what happens after I did. I, I pay for my church and I'm going to heaven. Like yeah. I I do I follow all the rules, yeah. all the expectations of me, and I'm gonna go get my reward. Yeah. And like they don't have to think about anything yeah. else. It's the modern age and like the, the whole postmodernist idea and like the access to information mm -hmm. and the agency of the individual, which is starting to put us in positions we're not as equipped to deal with. Because mm -hmm. we've only had a little bit of practice with mm -hmm. it. And it's just like about practicing right. what's going to work and the, the routines and everything that needs to go into being happy and successful mm -hmm. and, and practicing well or whatever it is mm -hmm. you, you put on the table and say, how am I going to maximize mm -hmm. this to be as positive a thing for yeah. me? And it's just like, we're not used to thinking for ourselves a lot because we spent the last, you know, <laughs> millennium yeah. not thinking for yeah. ourselves. So now, now every individual has to start taking accountability for themselves, which is yeah. good. Yeah. But also, like we have to give ourselves some slack because we're just getting used to it. We have only had the internet for 15, 20 years mm -hmm. now. We're starting to realize there's some backlash. There's some bad things yeah. that happen. Yeah. That like letting children have unaccessed That's information, exactly unregulated access. What I was just about to comment on and. What you just said, we are starting to now realizing, we're starting to now realize that mm -hmm. the key thing is defining we in that like everyday people like you and I. I, re I remember, because my, 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 my. We uh, use the foundation uh, of morality. What right. we decide as a group is, is acceptable right. and unacceptable. Right. I, 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 I remember, uh, I think it's like I asked my dad for like a, um, uh, a Facebook so I could like, or no, a computer, so I could like go because like Facebook was was like new and shit, and I was mm -hmm. I was like still a kid at the time. I didn't have one until college. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I forcibly didn't like. Yeah, everyone no. in my high school was like, "You think you're too yeah. good for it?" I'm yeah. like, "No, no." I'll, same I'll here. They never got me. I don't one. want these terrible years of my life being broadcast. And right. I don't want to bury them exactly. You know where they can't be brought back into. Right. You know? Yeah, man. And and he he. He uh, um, just because like he just didn't like want to fucking buy it, but yeah. he 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 showed me something. It was like I'll never forget this. It was like oh nine or some shit, two thousand ten, whatever. And it was a um, uh, uh, magazine that like showed that I think it maybe it was Time, Time magazine, like Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. That like you know, funny enough, because like the iPhone was coming out then, the Xbox three hundred and sixty was coming out then. They're like you know, uh, you know, the funny thing is like. You know, these guys, uh, uh, for some reason, like, don't want their kids to have the things that they're making. And yeah. that was, like, again, Twitter, a magazine. Like the yeah. CEO doesn't let their yeah. kids 
that was a magazine from what oh nine maybe 2010 what they were doing yeah and 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 like like that 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 but see that's exactly what i feel like because i know every generation um or crop of humans or whatever is like thinks like oh man like something very very significant is happening while i'm alive and like i i'm aware of that like mentality but like with but right now, though, man, I'm not saying that, like, we're reinventing the wheel. I'm more so saying that, like, like the, the, the are we at a moment where the gap of knowledge and access, like, are we at a moment that the, that the gap is something that, like, it, that is not sustainable? Like, how much wider can the gap Yeah, we've, get? we've crossed a wide precipice in the last... 20 years in terms of just the advent of, of information accessible mm-hmm. at that level to everyone and having a little computer in your phone. But every, every generation has a moral line they cross with each crop of human beings. We're going a little farther and saying, well, this worked for them, but not for us. You know, we don't, there's, and there's certain hard moral truths mm-hmm. that we don't ever cross. Mm-hmm. Like there's certain things we will never accept as real and like as, not negative, but there's certain things and we keep going past. It's just like, okay, women can vote now. That's fine. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, you know, black people should be allowed to vote. You mm-hmm. know, we, there's certain lines of society we cross. And that's why I always say like, don't worry too much about politics. Worry about affecting society because mm-hmm. politicians care about power and politicians want to get reelected. They spend most of their time concerning themselves with that. Um, so if society asks for something, and is okay with something, they have no choice but to respond, yay or nay. Mm-hmm. And that's how we create a very simple bipart system. You yeah. know, it's just like who's for it and who's against it. Mm-hmm. And that's how we we separate the sheep yeah. into their two little categories, and then the third category of just contrarians who don't want to fit into anyone. They're self-aware to a point where they yeah. don't want to be part of anything. Right. But um, there's there's the two the two reactions to something, but there will always be ultimately progress forward but we don't know the ramifications of that change like with every change comes a pain that comes with it and it's sort of felt in our society mm-hmm. it's just like we ask ourselves can we do it and then we don't ask ourselves should we do mm-hmm. it and and we, we realize that with social media like being completely unregulated obviously legislation's tailing behind the progression of the of the technology and, right. and the idiom so it's just like naturally there's gonna be a lot of all the things like cyberbullying and like internet crime, all the things we could, we, I mean, you could see that coming. Like anybody with half a brain cell could realize, okay, human beings will do something bad with this. Like it's like pornography happening right after the invention of the camera. Like this, the the third or second thing people were recording was something like we steam inappropriate or naughty. Yeah. But uh, I think human beings, they're like chimps because we are chimps. We're just big bonobos, but uh, we want to be a little bit naughty. We want to like, we want the structure to be there. We want to be within the confines, the safety. Yeah. We want to walk out a little bit, yeah. kick something and walk back into yeah. it. We want to like be a little naughty sometimes. Yeah. And like we can't ever accept things are just good enough. Yeah. We have to go out and fuck something up and, yeah. then, and then just like watch it go. Yeah. We want to entertain ourselves. Yeah, there, there has to be like, there has to be back doors to like everything. There's got to be like secret doors to everything. Cause like, that's just what makes, well, I guess well, people you in know, power go long yeah. distances to make sure that they stay in yeah. power and that the, the, the apparatus of the, of the government and power in right. general stays intact yeah. to hold them. And this is, goes back to the days of the Kings fighting each other. Like 
who could be king of England, whoever killed the other king of England. And that's how it worked in cycles, yeah. just some different lineages of families mm-hmm. taking over the most powerful land mm-hmm. nation in, in the in the ancient world and up until, you know, the World War Two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just like um and then there's a power shift to America in, at the end of mm-hmm. World War One, and then World War Two, and you start to see that. And because we think now we're immune to that, mm-hmm. like we're in such a modern age, like wars don't happen, but the struggle still goes on. Well, and that, that's that's why, like when I uh, this, this uh, can be a violent, uh, hostile takeover, yeah, or something. yeah, just all behind closed doors. And, and that's why I kind of prefaced like this, like even getting into this uh, common that like this is usually where I uh, lose people because I, I I was. Um, uh, listening to you can't uh, lose me. I'll listen to anything yeah. and try and find some grain of <laughs> yeah, truth in it. Yeah, there, we don't think these things arbitrarily yeah. just to be abstract or weird. Like there's something inside of us that makes us believe something or want to yeah. believe something or want to rationalize something with yeah. some sort of form of logic. But there's some things that can't be completely muscled down with yeah. logic. They're just you know there's this whole emotional realm of human beings that yeah. doesn't abide by logic or rules. So it's just like say whatever you're gonna say. Like yeah. I don't judge anybody by what they say unless it's really. Really right, far out right. there, like or yeah. bigotry or, or like yeah. some sort of <laughs> hatred or violence. Yeah, like, no, no, dude. I was just I was listening to uh, 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 a podcast that was basically they were entertaining the the question of is like one of the greatest feats of like Western politics convincing people that violence is things that are, are, are is something that like only barbaric people do in the sense that like. Yeah. At some point where they're like, hey, if we like... We're all make, capable of it. We're yeah, putting this we, situation yeah, to do it. If we make violent upheavals a thing that is seen like as lower class, as like this thing. Mm-hmm. And of course, of course, like there were always laws in place for... Not always, but like, you know, they would... There were... Uh, what, what were they called? Like like bounty hunters hundreds of years ago or whatever. Like if you killed someone like... Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like a super efficient system. But like there was still something that like created that thing saying like, hey, don't do this. And well, we have to maintain the structure of law and order in a sense right. that, like, especially in the old west, is like there's not a lot of civilization around. Like right. there are small little towns, and people could go and maraud around right. and fuck shit up right. with no ramifications most of the time. They had to employ Pinkertons mm-hmm. and cutthroat men mm-hmm. to go out and match yeah. the cutthroat men that were tormenting things. Right. And that's the only time. And like sometimes you need that because mm-hmm. like there is no uh, there's no boundaries mm-hmm. to evil. But but what but they there did, is a boundaries and limitations right. to good. Like and, and what they, but what they didn't have at that time was convincing people fundamentally that like violence is something that is just a total mm-hmm. no no. It is something that only like the lowest of lowest class people do. In that like now violence is uh, um, violence is not seen as a solution to and that is I would say that is a pretty. Like, in in terms of Western society, like, violence, I would say, all across the board, most people from different socio, even so, different yeah. socioeconomic backgrounds, like, if you ask them today, being like, man, is, is violence a great way to solve, like, a mass problem, like, a, a large issue? I think a show of force is necessary yeah, sometimes. Yeah. And you have to, you have to ruffle a few feathers to get noticed or, or yeah. whatever it is. And, and it's yeah. just like a lot of... A lot of uh, well, I was saying the, the apparatus of power and government maintains itself by keeping mm-hmm. subordinate um, mm-hmm. civilians mm-hmm. and like citizens. Like they, we can't have a bunch of you know cowboys mm-hmm. out in the West like gunslingers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you can't maintain mm-hmm. order in a society mm-hmm. that way. And it's you yeah. have to you have to 
when you come into a civilization or into a city or, or, or a country, you have to accept the rules of that. Mm-hmm. And like they are within their constitutional right to prosecute you if you violate mm-hmm. those rules. Mm-hmm. And like it's the written contract of citizenship mm-hmm. is that we abide by these rules. If you don't like it, you can go somewhere else where they're a little mm-hmm. more lenient on it. Mm-hmm. But you don't get the benefits of living mm-hmm. here. It's just like... Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of great things and bad things about America, but I think ultimately there's more good things about it. Mm-hmm. It's why people want to come here. Mm-hmm. But, um, but with power, it's just, it's like, um, you can't, like I was saying before, you can't try and inject logic into it sometimes mm-hmm. because it's, it just doing what needs to be done to do it. And I know they probably do stuff that's not publicized or it's backdoor dealings, like killing JFK. Maybe that was a, a conspiracy. Maybe J. Edgar Hoover didn't like the message of, JFK. Maybe the mob didn't like him because mm-hmm. because his father was a bootlegger mm-hmm. and he was very connected to the mob and they put money and they delivered Florida for him to vote for him and mm-hmm. it was like oh, there's plenty of people who could have killed him mm-hmm. like and they're all valid conspiracies. Mm-hmm. The fact that a you know a little guy with an Italian rifle killed him with yeah. two shots is kind of rare. Yeah, like it's a once in a lifetime thing, but that was a once in a lifetime event. Right. So like I I'm you know and you have to and it's. And you should question everything. Like yeah. you shouldn't just accept everything at face value because that uh, completely destroys the whole point of why we went through the you know the the revolutions we did right. in France and the ideological revolutions and like the individual and right. championing the individual. Because like, you should be given the if you would like the ability to dissect information for yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's important to teach in school mm-hmm. is to teach how to give people documents and ideas and abstractions and concepts and mm-hmm. say. What do you do with this? Like, yeah. Because it's just an idea. And yeah. ideas are nothing other than just yeah. imaginations yeah. And, and logical progressions of things. But I just like, if kids can learn how to like read a book and react to it in their own way, like that's probably the best class. Like my favorite classes were actually English. Like my two favorite classes in high school were probably gym. Yeah. <laughs> and and music was up there too. Yeah. Like it's probably three or four. Right. Like I love music, but like the classes that challenged me, I actually liked it more. Because, like, in English class, we'd go in there and we'd read, and we were allowed to think whatever we wanted to think of it. It's not like in, before, like, the printing press, where, like, the church yeah. would just tell you what this passage meant. Like, you would go to the one literate guy on Sunday, yeah. and he would read you from this big book, this big magical book, <laughs> and he would tell you what to exactly think about Literally that. Literally Yes, he would read lizard. it, and immediately after the homily, <laughs> yeah. and he would tell you exactly how to think about that, how to yeah. applicate it to your daily yeah. life. Because we're too small to handle this kind of information. Isn't it, isn't it funny that like like if a pastor comes out in like his fucking decked out, bedazzled robe, they don't and shit, question it. No one questions it. But like if I come out and let's say like I have all the certifications and shit to be a pastor, but I, I came out in like a dragon onesie and sneakers. Like, or, no, but like, oh, like, dragon, a, yeah, like a onesie. Yeah. Maybe like a onesie is like the modern day like like church robe mm-hmm. or something, and it's like. And it would be like, yeah, man, this guy's fucking nuts. This thing, you know, guy's uh, uh, crazy. But like, it just it because it forces. I guess it forces someone to like uh, reflect on like what they believe in, and yeah. it's hard to admit that like something you're it's like, doing. Well, why is do we give more respect <laughs> to the Lutheran Church, the Catholic Church, the Jewish Church, yeah. and not Scientology or, yeah. or you know whatever other new religions? It's yeah. just like they're just making the same exact kind of claims, yeah. they just haven't been around as long. Yeah. It's just like that's the, the key is familiarity, what people are used to. Yeah. And many people will subject their children to, you know, religion, yeah. whether they think so or not, just because they're so used to doing it. Yeah. And it's just like uh, it also like I was saying before about relinquishing the own your own accountability mm-hmm. and your own, you know, duty. 
to, you know, in, ingrain your child or indoctrinate them with a sense of morality. Like they say, well, the church will do that for me. Like it, it right. makes it easier for you. It's like a daycare, mor yeah. a moral daycare for your children. Yeah. And you go, well, it's hard for me to sit down and like after my work and after like making dinner or whatever it is and, and teach them lessons. And yeah. you, you think that in your head, but it doesn't take much to do yeah. that. All you have to do is, is it, I think, especially as a parent, all you have to do is explain yourself sometimes. Is this yeah. like kids are not stupid. They, yeah. they might not be as developed or might have, high thinking like adults yeah. do but they know it's right and wrong you yeah. know there's they they know it's fair and unfair it takes a level of vulnerability though yeah and you have to say well i'm not always right because a yeah. lot of a lot of parenting is predicated on the idea of authority that knocks out like literally 90 percent of parents and it's and a lot of religion is authoritative too yeah. it's just like we don't have the the science to, mm -hmm. or the facts or the, or the empirical evidence mm -hmm. but we have the authority yeah. to say this yeah and Which is weird, though, because you would think like people at this point, I, I, I'm not, I can't blame people like however many years ago. People want to believe in stuff. Yeah. Too. They want some sort of yeah. magic in their life or something that isn't just yeah. tangible and visible. Yeah. But, but you would, you would think that like, like people would be somewhat aware of like whatever methods that we have of trying to like control a person or teach whatever, mm -hmm. like these, these things are like the rebel more. Yeah. If you, if yeah. You don't explain it. It's mostly convenient for like powerful people that are like trying to keep people in check. And it's like, you probably don't want to use that same like method for your own child. Like no. you, you, it can you, be brutal. Yeah. Because like, why, why are you using like the same like fall in line methods that like, of course, you you know maybe a government would want to yeah. use for like a large group of people. Like, don't don't use that same like method for like the, your own. Like, wouldn't you want your kid to be able to think about all this yeah. and like, you know, like and it's weird because this goes back to this thing about like overestimating your own importance. In that, like, if you realize that you are all you are this inherently imper like you know uh uh. uh uh, flawed thing. You are inherently flawed. You will always fuck up. It, it, it just, you know, the question is of to what degree, yeah. but like, if you understood that you would then not be, you know, to whatever to share those things with your kid, because like you would want your kid to understand that they too are also something that like, don't to not beat themselves yeah. up over the flaws because like you can't fucking help, but be a flawed organism. And yeah, it's it's um but you have to impose when you're going about that style of authoritative power you have to subject that you're more important than them mm -hmm. uh you know it's like saying well i pay all the bills so you have to do all this mm -hmm. and it's just like to this degree of of importance to that it's just like i you're on my payroll you're a child you yeah. know like you when i say this has to be done you have to do it because it's i'm making decisions for our family yeah, yeah. and they're not making decisions for the family and like you have to ultimately relegate that or relinquish that mm -hmm. sort of command to that mm -hmm. person because you they know more information than you mm -hmm. and with governing that happens too it's like we don't know everything that happens and we don't honestly don't want to know everything yeah. that's happening yes. we don't want to know how close i mean the cuban missile crisis happened in the 60s and people shit themselves over yeah. that and like that's the one thing we knew and there's no way of getting yeah. around it because he shared it but, but that that sounds like a cop, cop out like i think we've mo most people have seen those situations literally like in movies like maybe there's like notable yeah. lines where a character's like you don't want to know or this or that or like you can't or, handle the yeah truth. yeah exactly in that like 
it's always been displayed on like this kind of corny cliche level. But like if you've ever been a part of like a clusterfuck of a situation where like you knew in your soul that people on the the outside. Yes. And that people not knowing. Right. And people on the outside, like, like, like if you've ever been in a situation where it's like, man, I know so much now that like there's still so much I do not mm-hmm. know. You then realize that like if you tell people everything you know, that like that's still not going to complete the story for either you or well, here, them. Here's the and composer in me drawing back and like making everything we've set up to this point interconnected and relevant yeah. cyclical, you know. It's just yeah. like I'm saying you we were talking about like somebody either ghosting you or a relationship's not working or something is like What's the most painful thing about that happening is that you don't know why they don't talk to you. Yes. You don't know why they don't like you. you and it, it opens up this wound of questions you have to ask yourself and you won't ever get an answer. And if somebody says, I just don't really like you, like, mm-hmm. I don't see this happening. Like, it's like, it's like a slap in the face, mm-hmm. but uh, you get over it. Mm-hmm. You're, you're much quicker to get over it mm-hmm. than, and rejection is a daily part of life. Mm-hmm. And especially in music, like you have to get used to rejection. You have mm-hmm. to get used to somebody being better than you. Mm-hmm a little bit better than you in this thing and this thing and this thing. And like, especially if you get into like more visual, like creative things, like, like being an actor has got to be the worst thing for your own mental health. So you're constantly being rejected as a person. You're not, we need someone an inch taller, you know, somebody 10 pounds lighter, somebody like a little bit more attractive, somebody more muscular, like freakishly muscular. Mm -hmm. We need like Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. Mm I was just like, and that's got to be really weighing down because you're not being rejected for your output of mm-hmm. who you are as your essential person, mm-hmm. like your physical being. Mm-hmm. And that can be hard. And like that's, and we get a little of that in music because we're expressing ourselves. We're putting something out there. It's a creative product that represents us a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they go, well, that's not it. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. Sorry, man, but we're, we're, we got a million dollars here. And like that's, especially like in my work now, like I, I deal with, commissions of all different levels and it can range down from like 300 bucks up to like million dollar projects that I get to work on with other composers yeah. as a ghostwriter. And it's like, they, like, I'm glad I'm not the, the main writer. I'm glad I'm just a ghostwriter because yeah. I'm not getting all the stress that comes yeah. along with that yeah. amount of money on their shoulders. Yeah. But it's just like, um, but yeah, it's just like, a I, I forget what I was getting onto before that, but I was saying like about asking questions and like, Lack of information can be a huge source of pain mm-hmm. for us as human beings. It's just like, we, we like say like you're a child and like your father just leaves, mm-hmm. or your mother just leaves, mm-hmm. and like you have no answer for that. Yeah, that's that'll cut you right open as a yeah. kid. Very and few people ask what's wrong with because even your mother or your father can't explain that. Right, they can't say why they leave, and because sometimes the answer is so painful. It's like they just didn't like us. Yeah, and it's just like some kids have think that and it's true yeah it's like i had a good relationship before the kid came and then the kid came and it changed everything Mm -hmm. and and we still say that's not true we both love you like they most might love you but you might have been the thing Mm -hmm. that caused the tension Mm -hmm. and that tension might have been the thing that broke what will work before Mm -hmm. and just because some people weren't adapting or people weren't open to the idea of it or they didn't like the death of who they were before because like that's the thing we have to confront even with just dating and friendships we go, how am I going to change for knowing this person? Mm-hmm. How am I going to change for having invested my time in this person? And we're afraid of that because, like, we, no matter how fucked up we are at the time, we want to stay that way. Yeah. We, we want to, like, maintain our integrity yeah. as who we are as a person. And, like, somebody can come along and just break you into pieces, like, in a, in a bad relationship or change you into a person who's angry or too, you know, forgiving of things or just, like, getting pushed around. 
And like we're seeing that now. It's like kids are like calling people simps and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just like the idea that if you bend yourself a tiny bit for someone else, yeah. that you're like a beta male. Yeah. yeah. And that's not true. It's like you no matter what relationship you get into, you become the person you need to be for that relationship. Yeah. Because it you can't just be yourself and just exist as you are now. You have to learn how to integrate someone else into your happenings. Yeah. And like that's a scary thing. Like to me it's still scary because like my process, I'm, I constantly guard my process. Like I'm like my time that I get to write on music and like I'm spending hours a day writing music, like maybe five days a week, mm -hmm. six days, sometimes seven. Like I'm writing every day a little bit and like I'm very productive, very industrious with my writing. And um, that's because I love that. That's like I'm like a I see myself as like like a major league baseball player, a top level athlete. Like I have to maintain that level and like. I'm very careful about what I integrate into my life right. and my process. And like my process isn't just sitting at the table and writing on a piece of paper. It's living my life. Cause like I, I do a lot of like, I just like walk around a lot, skateboard a lot, just wander around the beach or just walk around. And I'm thinking about things. Cause I don't touch the pen to paper until I have it all flushed out in my mm -hmm. head. Like I'll think of the concept and then I'll start the next week. I'll start thinking about implementing the concept and like, I don't want to start writing things down and having to go back and erase stuff or mm -hmm. have to rethink it or write myself into a hole. Right. Because then you're setting yourself up for your brain to be like, oh, it's good enough. Yeah. And you do that a lot. Yeah. You might record yourself playing and yeah. you, you're doing it so many times you're getting frustrated. Like, oh, that's yeah. good enough. Yeah. No, you can just push, just close the computer, put it away, go to sleep, yeah. do the rest tomorrow. Yeah. And not accept any of the work you did today. Yeah. And like somebody, I think Brian Ballinger or somebody was posting on Facebook. He's like a composer. He does like mm -hmm. a, like educational level music. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, I was writing today and um, yeah, I just, some of his stuff. Yeah, I just, yeah. I, I wrote two, two minutes of music. And I just threw it away. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Because that might not be the best thing you want to do. Yeah. Like, and you can just push that into a counter, under a file somewhere else and, yeah. and, and use it later. But that takes a lot of 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 just humility. Yeah, it's like, yeah. and that's that's like a like one of the virtues you should learn in life is patience. Number one, mm -hmm. especially for musicians, particularly for composers, because mm -hmm. you know, for a musician, you can practice something that's tricky and maybe get it in a couple hours. Mm -hmm. For a composer, you have to sit there for days and sometimes hours a day yeah. writing out two minutes of music. Right, and like. For an, I'm always surprising myself, and it always makes me feel good that I can sit down and do that. But it's because I practiced it. Mm -hmm. I set myself up for success. I go to a noisy room and start plunking away at the, at the piece. Like mm -hmm. I start doing the, the more trivial parts of the job, which is like notating everything and right. like orchestrating it all out. Because I know how it's going to go. I just have to sit there and write it all out. Right. It's like thinking of a story, but then I have to write the book. Yeah, yeah. So it's like that's a separate process. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of uh, composers go, well, I have uh, it's. I know I'm just gonna open a Sibelius document or mm -hmm. something and mm -hmm. I'll start plunking shit away. It's, yeah. That's accidental music. Yeah, like everything I'm writing is intentional yeah. and like conceived. And and musicians can sense that. You know, if they, if they they get something on their page and it looks like shit, it sounds like shit. Yeah. They go, why would I put my yeah. best effort into this? even even the new music shit? Like like even if it's musically random as fuck, there's mm -hmm. still something about like genuine sequencing and writing and intention try and like, true process it's fucking hard to uh especially when you're a part of the process like you're not only just like mm -hmm. hearing the piece like you're you're like seeing the composer like do his thing maybe if he, if he's there at the rehearsals or like you're you're like yeah. really spending time on each section so you get a sense for like to some degree like like how much like integrity is uh 
in this thing. Um, which, by the way, I know we're no, I was getting over there. Yeah, for a second. I don't care about the climb. yeah, yeah. No, no worries. Um, I feel like like uh, um, I feel like like with the composer you're saying or this. Oh no no! I oh, just I just kind of had like a, a random okay, uh, thought in my head, but like a lot of what we've uh, um, uh, talked about kind of like requires this um, dual-minded thing of like there are moments where you just have to do, like you just have to do, and like don't don't think about it too much, just fucking do it. And yeah. then there are like aspects of just life, not even just music, it's life in general that like requires like deep thought creating connections well, between you can't things. segregate things from the humanity yeah everything is human in yeah. some degree because we're all humans right. doing it and if you and you you can't become a great musician until you widen your thinking mm-hmm. beyond just music musicians actually are very well equipped to handle the world yeah. because they they have experiences that most people don't right. have they're thinking about they're learning a code a mathematical language mm-hmm. a, a spoken language it's like it's like a it's like learning mandarin yeah. chinese like mandarin chinese and music are very yeah. close in terms of like symbolic yeah. and like metrical yeah. and mathematical in a sense mm-hmm. and there's a lot of characters mm-hmm. like you know the american you know english alphabet has 26 characters mm-hmm. in it and just like they have almost infinite amount of characters it's just like you see why they get a little bit smarter mm-hmm. than us because they are, they're pushing their minds a little farther than yeah. we are. Yeah. And it's just like there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like we're all – it's all different cultural things mm-hmm. and different how we're, how we're molded into, the, right. into an adult human being. Right. Know, like what we're taught along the way. We're all the same computer. We're just given different software. Mm-hmm. And you can take any kind of person because I'm not somebody who breathes in predestination mm-hmm. or like fate was mm-hmm. meant to do this. Like that's why I'm not terribly religious because mm-hmm. of that reason. I like to control – I like to think that I have a say in what's going to happen in my life mm-hmm. and how I affect other people's mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. Because life and the entire world is just an amalgamation of everyone's choices mm-hmm. and what they do. And, you know, you take these these good situations we've been talking about mm-hmm. and these bad ones and better choices can be made, worse choices can be made and totally different like butterfly effect type yeah. response to it. Right. You know, you break the, say you come from an abusive household and like your father was an abusive person and his father, you took it, made a choice and said, I'm not going to lay a hand yeah. on my child. And yeah. like, then the, the, the story changes. Yeah. Things get better. Yeah. Like they don't feel, that they don't have that pressure of then being yeah. abused and they, they can go and make a better world. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that's the little circle I was talking about. Yeah. If you can do the best you possibly can in that little circle, yeah. that's the best you can do. And that's what makes you feel really good. Yeah. It's because it's a whole ripple effect we have on the world. Because we can't do anything by ourselves. Right. Like You can't be Napoleon and conquer the entire world. Yeah. He needed the French army, and he needed the French army to like him right. to do all that stuff. Right. He came back from Elba, and the army just joined him again, mm-hmm. even after he was exiled and defeated. I was just like... That's the power of an individual. They can do very good things and very bad things if they can get other people to join in on them. But yeah. but um but they can you can do really great things even in your little tiny circle and you should aspire to do those things. Yeah. You shouldn't you shouldn't be worrying about being the next Bill Gates yeah. or anything like that. Those people are rare yeah. individuals that only come around yeah. once in a generation and yeah. that's like point oh 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 yeah. infinite one. And it, and it, again it, it just goes back to um you know, uh, uh, that weird extreme, yet it's somehow, it it balances out mentally. But like when you just say it out loud, it's an extreme of like Mm -hmm. undervaluing your life a lot. Like 
your life yeah. is very, very important to you. But like on the outside understanding, like you are so insignificant to the bigger picture. Those two extremes in a weird way create like the best fucking balance in terms of just like, here's how I approach this thing matters to me a lot. But like, let me just free myself up in terms of the pressure by understanding yeah. that like the impact it's it's fucking pennies it's 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 you're it's not as big on the outside as you as it is on the inside yeah. it should be big for you on the inside but like don't the result but externalization don't, is don't, such a cathartic thing yeah is to, to take those intrusive thoughts you have in your mind yeah. and, and even write down like you go i'm a fat piece of shit or whatever yeah. negative yeah. thing you're saying in your right. head that's really radical and crazy yeah. you write it down and you look at that you would crumple the paper right up because it's like such a nasty thing yeah. to say why would you ever even write it down? And you yeah. go, I need to stop thinking like that. Yeah. Because then you start to externalize all those things that are natural in your mind. Yeah. You've conditioned yourself to be over hypercritical. But when you see it tangibly, like it's it's bad. And like you were saying, like we're bonding over pain. Mm-hmm. It's like we're sitting here talking about our lives and we're just putting them next to each other and saying, Where can we connect to mm-hmm. each other? And we're connecting to each other, we're vibing with each other. It's just cause we're laying it all out there. We're being vulnerable. Yeah. We're, we're doing the things that mul- ultimately people won't be doing. Yeah. And, and it's getting harder and harder to sit down and have a one-on-one conversation with somebody. Yeah. It's like, I, I wouldn't do this over the internet. I know I'm sure other people have to do it over the yeah. internet because they're not here. But I'd take my time to go have a day where I rem- – and, like, I'll remember this day for the rest of my life. Yeah. And, like, I'll probably want to know you for the rest of my yeah, life. And I right. make these Likewise. connections all the time in music. Yeah. And that's what I'm addicted to. Yeah. It's because I'm that people – I'm an extrovert. I'm, like, love people. I love – knowing their stories and like especially with Facebook the great side about that and like everything about social media is like I get to follow these people's lives I see when their kids get born I see when they get married Mm -hmm. and like I'm a part of all these lives even if it's a speck of sand in terms of significance yeah but I might have said one word to them that really affected them positively you've said several things to me today that I'll think about that will that I'll get put into my you know yeah likewise into my mind and I'll start thinking about it because like I I want to see how other people are seeing the world yeah. too and then you start to realize how much similarity is there it's like we're all commiserating about the same kinds of pains yeah you know I I, like, I keep going to the ghosting thing because I have friends and like even myself I was ghosted like three times in the last two weeks yeah but I don't let that bother me because I yeah. know what the re- the logic is because I've yeah. thought about the emotional things. I've thought about myself as a person. And, you know, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. Like, I, I can be abrasive. Like, I like some people don't want honesty all the time. They don't yeah. want the truth and the actual yeah. opinions. And that's how I am because yeah. I'm, like, such an honest person with my art and yeah, everything. I'm, I, I'm that guy in the room. Like, and, and I'll, it'll always be too late yeah. when I realize, like, fuck, like, okay, I was just, like, a little bit too... Sorry, I didn't realize I didn't, until after. I didn't, didn't mean to, to cut you off, but like I now, no, go ahead. Now I realize like I don't have to hear myself talk. You can yeah, talk if you want. The, 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 the worst is when you say shit that like just forces someone to maybe take accountability and they were not ready. Something they'd never heard before yeah, or something yeah, they weren't ready to hear. Yeah, they were not ready to take like yeah. yeah, that that's where I'm careful of in that. Like, and it might not even be something that I say directly to that person. It might not even be like something specific about that person. But like I <laughs> I, I think I was at a dinner. This is a lower class thing I'm gonna let you know. Yeah, like yeah. rich people have a coded language and people that right. grow up on the bottom, they're much more emotionally open yeah. and they're much more honest. Yeah. It's just like I get along with like a lot of my friends and they, and a lot like I go to my black friends and yeah. they're, they're the greatest people to hang out yeah. with because they tell you exactly what yeah. they're thinking all the time real. and it's very real and I appreciate honesty because yeah. like they say beauty is truth yeah 
you should be search seeking seeking truth as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. No, the coded language thing is very much like a like, old like 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 old like school money Anglo-Saxon yeah. kind of like waspy yeah. kind of thing. Is like you never say somebody offends you. Yeah. But then what good are you doing if you're not yeah. saying like what you're doing is offensive yeah. to me? Like you hurt me. Yeah. You just go about saying it in a catty, bitchy way or right. like some passive aggressive way. And like uh, you can see that like if you've ever been to Germany or anything, like they're very passive people. They work very hard. They're industrious. Mm-hmm. And at night, they, I think it's a Lutheran thing because mm-hmm. it's like their religion dictates their demeanor and everything. And it's just like and, – and the sort of Calvinist ideas mm-hmm. of like – you know, it's kind of like the Amish thing. Like, work super hard so you're so busy you can't possibly think about right, bad things. Right. And it keeps you – you're so you're too tired to go out and sin, yeah. which is, like, one way of doing it, I yeah. guess. But it's, you don't have to fear people or, like, yeah. exhaust people into behaving. Yeah. And, like, because then when they have a day off, they just misbehave. They, yeah. go, out, they go out and be those naughty chimps and they yeah. go out and fuck something up or yeah. do something naughty. And it's just, like, there's a healthier way to do that. Yeah. Let me – let me. I, I want to ask you something because uh, yeah, before, before we, we – um, uh, uh, get out of here, yeah. Because I, you, you in an email. I forgot. To um, oh no, you're good. You're good. Yeah, they're mainly like for you, but yeah, whatever your preference is. Um, uh, what has like, what has um, uh, trying to get like your students? Um, uh, I don't really especially have students. Like music, huh? I don't really have students. Like, oh, okay. I, I, I don't teach anywhere. Yeah, I, yeah. Or, or not even. Or not I even. have people that like I give lessons to occasionally. Yeah, yeah. I do. I, I'm invested in their mm-hmm, growth. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't have to be a teacher at a university to do mm-hmm. that. It's just like I have. And anybody, because like I realized what it was like when I reached out to composers I admired, and some of them didn't do anything. They didn't respond, mm-hmm. or they didn't give me a nice response. Yeah. And like some people really yeah. did. Like my my two teachers, Jack Stamp and Mark Camphouse, among several dozen other mm-hmm. teachers I had, which I pre- greatly appreciate, of, gave me so much time and like treated me like a son at times. Yeah. And they they were invested in my growth, and like and also you know they saw something in me, but I also saw that I should live up to what they want right. from me too. It's like, right. it's, it's, it's a relationship of like yeah. a mentor, you know, mentee relationship. Yeah. And I, and everything I do now, I want to honor the time and process they invested in me. Yeah. So naturally you give back, you yeah. say, well, well, Jack Stamp spent years mentoring me, and he still does to this day. He's always looking out for me, which I'm incredibly grateful for. Same thing with Mark Camphouse. And it's just like, I do that now. If some kid reaches out to me, and I'm like, I'm on Reddit and everything. So, like, someone on Reddit reaches out to me and, and says, like, I'm, I'm worried about going into school. Like, I sit there and write this thing out. It's just like, this is a moment of vulnerability. And if I don't respond in a way that is is cathartic or positive and i don't have to say good things back mm-hmm. but i have to respond i have a duty to somebody to not make them feel like shit yeah not to feel ignored and that's the that's the nastiest feeling you can feel as a human being to yeah, be ignored, ignored. It and is. It's, that's part of the ghosting thing too yeah. that sucks is it's like somebody just consciously seeing your things they know you're there yeah. and they are looking the other way. Yeah, and and this, we do that as human beings. A, we a, shun each other. We, we exactly. ostracize each other because yeah. they're, they're unpleasant to yeah. us. Yeah. If you act a certain way different than the tribe, then you will be ostracized. Yeah. Like, and you see that in, um, in, in a couple you know, American stories, like a, a lot of Hawthorne books, The Scarlet Letter and a couple other really great American stories all sort of go around the narrative because we're Puritan in origin, you know, the Americans. So like... Ostracization is like a huge 
like narrative in American literature. Yeah. You have Tennessee Williams and like all the the mid century Gothic writers writing about being on the outside and, and things like Peter Grimes, the opera, yeah. like all of Benjamin Britten's operas are about outsiders. Cause yeah. like he felt like an outsider as yeah. a homosexual, as you know, a, wim a wimpy kind of underestimated man, yeah. you know, Gustav Hulse was the same way. He is yeah. asthmatic kid. Nobody yeah. ever thought anything of him, but he went on to create great music and you wouldn't know that by looking at him. Yeah. They, they're just wimpy, weird guys, scrawny, Aaron Copeland, just like big and tall and scrawny <laughs> and just like looks like a scarecrow. Right. Like, but these guys were creating great things. They were deciding the culture of our country. But, you know, they had other qualities that weren't face value. And yeah. it's just like, and it takes a special kind of person and you have to have gone through that shit to recognize it in other people. It's yeah. just like, if you're never challenged in life, you will only ever seek people that are exactly like you. And it's just like, and, and ultimately, if you're ever comparing yourself to somebody like that, just tell yourself, that's not going to be good. Like, mm -hmm. I, it's not as good as I think it is. Like, everybody has problems. Mm -hmm. Rich people have problems. Poor people have problems. Every single person has their own kind of problems that are inherent to their existence. Yeah. And you don't, don't do the whole grass is greener thing, yeah. too. It's like there's always a fucking brown patch behind the green yeah. patch. It's just yeah, like... Man. Nobody's putting out their their worst qualities. Yeah. There. They, we will, because we're all just thinking about like basic cell function, which is you know longevity and procreation. We have to be as attractive as we can to be each other. Right. And sometimes people get thrown under the bus that aren't visually attractive or yeah. you know don't have like desirable attributes or like yeah. good at things right. that are, other people value. Right. Like you're good at playing the tuba. How many people value? good to a players a couple conductors maybe yeah so it's just like <laughs> yeah. it's, you're gonna always have to fight the fight and yeah. correct people until it's like that the tuba yeah. not a trumpet or whatever mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. i play percussion and most people like don't even know what percussion is right so it's like i, I play drums and stuff yeah. it's so always the adding the band, on man? but i try to like <laughs> add on and try and educate them a little bit yeah. so at least they leave that day knowing what percussion is yeah like, so i was just like you, it's and some lives you're going to be born into it with a bad deck of hands, and you're yeah. just going to have to play it the best you possibly can because yeah. that's that's life. Yeah, it's like you know I, I I have to think sometimes and go back to like all the the worst qualities about myself. I guess that I thought were terrible back mm -hmm. then or bad cards to be mm -hmm. dealt. Like I wet the bed until like third grade. Yeah. Like yeah. that's not the greatest quality yeah. to be born with. And at the time you think oh, I'm cursed with this thing. Yeah. Like <laughs> I haven't wet the bed in a long time. Right. I promise you that. Yeah, but um. We're not like most people wouldn't even admit that. Yeah. Like, and I, and this is how I think I'm different in ways. Like, I'm on a, I'm not different like in a unique way, but I'm on a different level with people like you yeah. who are emotionally open, yeah. who are in, like intelligent, but not needing to be seen as an intellectual. Yeah. yeah. You know, and like that's what I see in my composition because like I don't see myself as an intellectual because intellectuals, their product is ideas. Yeah. My product is actual living thing. It's yeah. music. Yeah. Like I'm not just discovering 12 tone thing. music or right. I'm not writing chance music. Yeah. Like exploring a concept and then making these little crappy little experiments in the concept. I'm actually taking, I'm not writing anything revolutionary. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just taking every idea that has ever happened and picking what I like and putting mm -hmm. them in different combinations and seeing what I can create with that. Cause like, um, and like, that's what I, it's people, have to remind me that I'm an artist. Like yeah. I don't think of myself that yeah. I think of myself as a craftsman, like a yeah. woodworker or something. Like yeah. I'm, I'm taking technique and creating something useful yeah. out of it. Yeah. And that's what makes me feel good. It's, it's like one of the few inadequacies I have in my life is that I do feel like I'm not useful. Mm -hmm. And that's like an irrational mm -hmm. thing you think like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm helping a hundred people play mm -hmm. a piece of music. Like 
it's very useful, but it's not as conventionally useful as yeah. somebody who makes furniture or somebody who makes, you know, gross food. It's not as useful to as many people. Right. But I have to realize that, like, my, while my thing might be very niche, it's still useful to people. Right. And I can still be useful in my everyday life. Yeah. Like, I, even to this day, like, even though I'm a professional composer or musician, like, I'll still get on, like, they have these handyman apps, mm -hmm. and I'll just go and help people mm -hmm. on, on the, like, 50 bucks. Yeah. I went out to Covina two weekends ago. Three weekends ago, because it's a new weekend now. It's went quick. But uh, three weekends ago, I was in West Covina installing a garbage disposal on an old lady's oh, house. <laughs> and it makes me feel useful. Like, she doesn't have to know I'm a composer or yeah. anything. But I was in one, because um, when I was in, I lived in Long Beach for a while. I was walking dogs during the day, because I have a lot of free time during yeah. the day. I just practice a little bit yeah. and write a little bit. But I'll just go, I'm like, I'm going to be out walking anyway. So I just started doing my neighbor's dog because he would always, he's like, oh, you're always home. So like, can you walk my two dogs? Because I'm always out. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, he's giving me the thing and he'd give me like a case of beer or give me some money. And yeah. I'd just go down and like take his, hang, I love dogs too. Yeah. So I just like go and hang out with them, like bring my laptop down and chill with them. It's like dogs aren't alone. Like they're, yeah. they're almost like human beings. Not yeah. like exactly, but they have the same kind of needs. They yeah. want to like be connected and yeah. loved and stuff. So I just go down there and hang out with the dogs and walk them. And I start getting paid for it. And then they recommended me to the other people. And I was walking everyone on my block's dogs. Yeah. And I was like, here's passive income. Not really, but I have to do work. Yeah. But it's easy. Yeah. And I would have just been doing this walking anyway, thinking about my ideas. So yeah. just, you know, and it, and it just takes me to a new, like, plane of existence. Like, yeah. I, you never know if you're going to be a dog walker, you're going to work at Home Depot, or whatever is going to happen in your life. But if you're open-minded, you don't see that as a tragedy. You yeah. don't see like, well, I, my ceiling is right here as a, a professional tuba player, and I'm right. only going to play in an A-list orchestra. Right. It's right. like, okay, good luck to you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and try and find some happiness in that. Like, pull it back a bit yeah. and go, maybe I will work at Home Depot on the weekends yeah. or something like that. Like, I, I have all this free time, especially with musicians. Like, they just sort of let you on your own, and yeah. you, you figure out your own time. Yeah. So it's like the scariest parts of most people coming out of college is like, what do I do with all my time now? Because yeah. I don't have my parents telling me what to do. I don't have my teachers telling me what to do. I'm not busy with activities and sports and yeah. stuff. Like I have to find my own friends. I have yeah. to go look up activities to do for myself. Like you, you're an adult now. Like, yeah. It happens at 22 years old. You're just like. And you have to realize, like, it happened earlier in the past. Like, you know, 13-year-olds were in the Civil War fighting it. Yeah. So it's like the, you, you're very lucky to be born in this age where you can go to college. You can, you can get a loan if you want and go to college and, and major in whatever you want. You know, and it's up to you what you decide what's best for your life. Right. But that's the agency we all crave. It's like let, make, let us make our, choice, our choices yeah. for better or worse. Yeah. Like, at least we had to control over that choice. Yeah. Cause like I don't regret anything in my life because I know at the time that's exactly what I wanted to do and and like and it's put me here. Yeah. You know I might not be king of the world and but I don't want to be king of the world. Yeah. I'm not the richest man in the world. I don't want to be rich. I honestly don't want to make any more than fifty grand a year. Like I'm wow. I'm good underneath that. Yeah. Like like I probably make like a between thirty and forty mm -hmm. a year, and like I only have to make twenty six to live. Yeah. Like that, I've calculated and budgeted out everything in my life. Yeah. Because especially if you're going to go in music or creative field, you'd be very careful with money yeah. and start to like be a little bit more trepidatious about like where the money's going to come from and when you can rely on money being here and then throwing it away. Because mm -hmm. like I have to worry about my own retirement. Like I don't have a company taking care exactly. of my health care yeah. and, and my retirement plan and like uh, all that stuff. If I'm, I can work till I die. Honestly, if, yeah. if I feel like I'm mentally there and can yeah. write. Just take care of yourself. And now. people want me to write. Yeah. And that's the that's where I get a lot of the 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 satisfaction I get in my life is is, is somebody like you asking me to come onto a podcast. Mm -hmm. 
that's a gesture of respect that says like you're interesting to me and I would like to have you and talk yeah, to absolutely. you. Absolutely. Even if it's not a podcast, if these microphones weren't here and somebody said, I'd like to take you out to lunch and yeah. just get to pick your brain for yeah. a bit. And like I'd be like, I want to pick your brain too. It's yeah. like the benefit of being a composer, like at least in my capacity where I get to travel a lot and go and do like little residencies, like a couple of days at a school. I get to coexist with them and live with them for a couple of days and go through rehearsals and watch them get better and watch my piece get better. And like, um, they realize like, Oh, well, well, this is a person. Like there's a person like we, and we, we have to humanize music a lot because yeah. like we, we keep thinking of it as this abstract process. Yeah. Like I have to push this finger down at this time to get this tone with my lips buzzing at this yeah. uh, speed. Yeah. And like, it's like, Oh, uh, but you have to start asking yourself, why am I doing that? <laughs> yeah. Is this, why do I need to play this note at this time? Yeah. And that's the kind of curiosity I think that got me to being a composer. Yeah. Is because I have to think like, especially being a percussionist, I was like, why am I waiting this long to play? Like, why am I not playing here? And then I would get like the score and start looking at it and go, oh, okay, this is the percussion wouldn't work here. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then you start thinking like a composer. You start thinking like, because there is like a little bit of arrogance to being a composer because you got to say, well. I wish it went like this. Mm -hmm. Like it could be better if it went like this. Yeah, and like, yeah. not that that piece was bad, but you go like the way I would really want it. It's like being a cook. Mm -hmm. Like I cook a lot of food because I like the process of cooking. But I'm like, I eat other people's food or go to a restaurant and go. I love the idea of this. Yeah. But I want more garlic in it. Definitely more <laughs> garlic because I like my tastes are different. Yeah. But like this is still great on its own with this yeah. garlic level. Yeah. But I'm like, I want it to be spicier. I want it to have more garlic. I want yeah. more salt in it. And it's just like. Then you can do that. You can take that idea that somebody came up with or, or revamped or whatever and make it your own. Yeah. Which is like, I think that's the essence of our modern culture now is that we have so many ideas and we can customize them. And I guess there is problems that can come with that. It's just like too much tinkering with things that are work can ruin it. Right. Or you can oversalt the food. Right. It's, it's useless to everybody. And it's just, um, we have to learn our own boundaries. And like yeah. that's, that's a big lesson I, I preach to people is just like, it's it's great to have unlimited freedom, right? And within the realms of legality and morality, but you have to have your own boundaries. You have to know what your boundaries are, and then so that you know them, and that other people know them. You mm -hmm. have to say, and you can't be passive like we were saying before. You right. have to say, my boundary is that if you ignore me, we can't be friends. Like if if you are rude to me, I don't accept that. Yeah. If you uh, say you're going to do something and then you back out or like continuously do that or make excuses constantly, or complain too much, those are my boundaries. Yeah. And my friends know that. It's yeah. just like, I don't hang out if, if, if bad shit's gonna happen like that. Like, I'm like, I don't do drugs. Like, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. a hard line for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't drink often. I'll have a couple yeah. beers once in a while, but I'm not a drunk, Like right. I and I don't wanna be. Like, being out of control in my mind is not alluring yeah. to me. I'm not escaping anything. Yeah. I like where I'm at when I'm sober and when I'm conscious. Yeah. Because like, I'm proud of the person I am. Like, and that, sense of pride is is unrivaled and that's why people do drink and that's why yeah. people do go pursue all these things because they want to get that high yeah. of being satisfied with yourself and especially for men yeah. like men are much more likely to become alcoholics and drug addicts it's just because we do feel pressure on us to be a certain way and 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 especially if you go into music you're you're seen as less than a provider you're not making yeah. enough money yeah and that's what can scare some people into pursuing things that they aren't exactly thrilled with and maybe it takes a pandemic for them to realize, yeah. like, maybe I don't need to be an accountant. Damn. Like, maybe yeah. I did have talent as a trombone I should, like, player. Try to be happy. But you can have a job and have a passion. They can be separate too. Yeah. Is it's like you have to do exactly what's right for you, and yeah. there's no predisposed or pre-portioned out lifestyle that you have to abide by. It's just like. 
do what's right for you. Keep yeah. your eye on your lane and, and don't worry about whatever else going else around you, yeah. you know? You know, it's, it's smart to know what's going around you and be aware and to know about everything that's happening to an extent. But a lot of that stuff never will cross your stream into, yeah. your, into your little path. Yeah. And it's more of a fun thing to do. It's, yeah. just like a, it's just like a lot of people, and I think this happened with like radio and TV and everything and, and internet. It's just like we, like we, the civil rights movement happened because TV happened. Yeah. You know, abolition happened because photographs happened. They saw pictures of whipped slaves' backs and they go, this isn't acceptable. Yeah. We just didn't know it happened. And yeah. we, that information was hidden from right. us. And then the 60s happened and you go, well, people shouldn't be treated like this, yeah. you know? And, and it, it forces people to speak up and it takes a lot of integrity and a lot yeah. of like willpower to speak up when a lot of people are doing something wrong. And like, that's what pushes us as a society. It's right. like a sort of a little bit of martyrdom that says, um, this isn't right. I know everyone else is doing it, but, um, you know, I, I get that way too. It's like people say something that's really just terrible and I just go, that's not right to say. And like, or just make it an environment where they can't say that. Right. And it's just like, that's what we have to do as, as human beings. It's like, we have to advocate for morality. We have to say like, at least the stuff we agree on, you know, there's always going to be stuff we're going to be bickering about like abortion and things that like, and that's an individual choice. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't want an abortion, don't get one. If, if you need one, that's your individual case. Right. You shouldn't be shamed by somebody else. You right. shouldn't have to worry about somebody else's thoughts on that. Is this, yeah, it's pretty simple. I mean, just like breaking, just realizing that like, uh, if you don't like something, it doesn't mean that it doesn't uh, have to, yeah. to happen. Um, but if you're happy in your own life, you're less worried about what other people are doing. Exactly. And that's why we need to preach rather than uh, being scolding people with morality. We have to instill it early and say, this is how you live a fulfilling, satisfying life. And then you don't care about what everybody else is doing. Like you, you don't, you don't, you don't have to seek yeah. entertainment with yeah. other people's downfalls yeah. and, and exploits. Cause it, it won't come down to anything specific. It's like just following yeah. your own path. And there's like the meme. It's just like when you love somebody, like everything they do, you hate. Yeah. It's just like yeah. when they chew their chicken or something, it's just like oh, fucking look yeah. at him chewing that like that. It's like, because like we think like, um, the opposite of, of love is hate, but mm -hmm. it's actually indifference. It's mm -hmm. just like loving and hating takes the same amount of energy, right? but just different directions yeah. of it. And it's like, we were talking earlier about holding on to like a lot of negative emotions and like really shitty energy. And like that, I don't get angry at people cause I can't control everybody. Yeah. I can't, I don't want to control everybody. I, I can't predict what they're going to do all the time. And they're going to do things that aren't in my favor. You know, I'm going to get screwed over a couple of times in my life, but if you accept that that's going to happen, then you're more equipped to handle it when it does. Right. You're going to be less shocked by somebody yeah. doing something bad. I, I, my default belief is to believe that everyone is good. Yeah. And you have to believe that. Yeah. Because no one is just born bad. Like, yeah. even if you're born with a certain genetic predisposition or a neurochemical imbalance, it takes a certain amount of neglect, like lack of love, lack of connection or apathy or moral indoctrination to make somebody really bad. Yeah. And then the environment they're put into. Yeah. You could take a really good person and put them in a shitty environment and they'll be violent. Like yeah. you said, like people think they can't be violent. Yeah. Everyone can be violent. Yeah. I'm not a violent person, but I could be yeah. if I was put in prison. If yeah. I could be violent, if I was put in a situation where like, somebody was affecting my livelihood. You know, and and that's what competition is. It's somebody else affecting your outcome. Yeah. It's like, okay, okay, well, I used to get this gig, but now somebody else is getting called for this gig. Yeah. And you start to like look at your other musicians yeah. like 
especially with Tua players, it's limited gigs. It's yeah. not like the strings. You're yeah. not a sea of Tua players. Yeah, but there's a level of yeah. admiration you just have for anyone that like figured their shit out. Like that's yeah. what like winning the job is. Like, damn, that guy figured his shit out. Um, and I had to maturity do the same for my own shit. Saying, so, like, yeah. I can recognize yeah. that that like, person's he, he good. He didn't like beat me. Like this is not like a pageant contest where it's like no. okay, the motherfucker had like better makeup or better outfits. Like we're playing the same shit and. He, You're all playing De Meister Singer yeah, or exactly. some excerpt the same. And yeah, and his seconds and minutes and hours that he spent on that, like, like he figured out, like, I'm not doing this as well. How do I improve it? Like, that process mm-hmm. he figured out for him. Fuck, I just hope I do the same. Um, uh, but, like, a lot of auditions, they're not looking for you to play it perfectly. They want you to see what you're bringing to it. Mm-hmm. And, like, like you got to think of something that they are expecting. Mm-hmm. And that, that would surprise them if you actually did it. It's mm-hmm. just like, I, I'm thinking of like two excerpts here. So I'm just thinking like, okay. So every, everyone plays. Oh, hold on. I'm going to, yeah. people, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a uh, bathroom break. I'll pause it. Yeah, actually. I got to too. Yeah. Um, but I can do like maybe like 15 more minutes and I'm, I'm good. Oh, for sure. Actually, let me. How much are we at? I didn't know when we started. Around three? Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're six. I think we're... Three hours. Yeah, dude. I don't know how long you usually go with these. Oh, like dude, there's really... There's a couple of them. Nah, there's not really a, a, a limit at time. all. Yeah, yeah. But hold on, I'm just gonna... I'm your How's it going? I just oh, yeah. to introduce myself. I'm Tony. Oh, yo, come, come. Nice oh, we're, 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 we're uh, uh, recording. Oh, you still recording? Yeah, yeah. yeah say something to the all people. Right. Say something to the all people. Right. What's going on, everyone? Ben's an up-and-coming rapper um, from Santa Monica. No, he he plays little violin. Ben X. Yeah, little Ben X. <laughs> no, but no, dude. I was just anyway. I was saying like from from your email because I, I you responded. You were like, "Yo, man, I love talking about like all sorts of topics." Oh yeah. And, like I was I was like, "Yo, I I know this is going to be like." You know, one of my uh, favorite ones in that because I like most guests so far have felt like they're like, man, like, am I like only allowed to speak about my profession? I'm just like, no, like we're yeah. a fucking human being. Like well, they're approaching like an interview and yeah. it's just more a conversation. Just, yeah. But, but like they're, they're, they're more worried about like, oh, I'm going to be, not going to be professional if I like speak candidly or yeah. if I just like talk about something non-musical. And yeah. Because like, then they, they can't prepare those answers at home. Like, yeah. But like, I don't prepare anything. Like I flying off the seat of my ass. Like yeah. I, I just, I just answer honestly. I'm not thinking about, let, let me present myself in a certain prestigious way. Or yeah. like, and I, that's a lot of composer bullshit. It's yeah. just like getting the long hair and yeah. you wearing the fucking turtleneck yeah. and presenting yourself as like a fucking god. Dude, like, I, I'm so, I was so glad that like, that was one of the first things he said earlier. And cause I was, again, I, I, like I told you, I was asking when Michael and Nick were here, I was just like, yo, like, what's with like the like, like what's honestly this is not pc but like why are you guys like trying to give off the vibe that like you're on the spectrum like that Composers? is like, yes like that like like why why because we are, think composition is such a mental yeah, gift yeah. that only like the finest people can yeah, attain it's it like like why are you like Hell trying no. to come off as like disturbed this came to me in a and, dream in a yeah like opium vision yeah right? like Get it's off like, your fucking yeah, horse, because like, like a lot of these guys that like you're trying to be had like severe fucking problems, whether like mentally or mentally. Yeah, because you should of not drugs. aspire to be some like yeah. cavorting yeah. Uh, asshole of a man. Yeah. Like Mahler is like not like the yeah. human being that like you should like strive to like. 
I don't know. I don't know what the the aesthetic was. Have you guys seen the the composer bullshit generator? <laughs> no, but I believe it. It's just yeah. not hard to do. If you if you allow me, just yeah. ten seconds. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me close out my porn. Uh, <laughs> One second, guys. They want to go on my it's computer. A lot of porn. Got, got a lot of Lisa and an eclectic taste too. <laughs> I think it's just the, the composer bullshit generator. Composer. Thank God, composer. This is like a lot of like delusions of grandeur too. Oh yeah, no, dude, you showed me it's this. Like you yeah. somehow think you're Elon Musk and a fucking wizard <laughs> at the it, same time. Is it the first result? No, this is okay. Yeah, this is this is a form post. It's like it'll, it'll give you a different. Here we go. The the contemporary classical composers <laughs> bullshit generate. But I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> where is it? Where is it? Uh. Oh, they may have, they may have taken the site. I heard. Yeah. All right. So if you can, Jeez. if we can zoom in here, generate um, more random bullshit. One concept must be grasped as this: the abstract recording always integrates the spaces. It must do so entirely collaboratively. Yes. One of the most popular influences is the concept of inverting semantic echoes, yes. which transcribes my counterpoint and causes my key signature to become somewhat quartal. <laughs> yes. I coined the term consonance performance music to describe my most radical approaches to passive composition. Jesus the juxtaposition Christ. and improvising of contrasting intellectual music dominates much of my work, and I have an avid interest in mixing the intradigital with the ambiguous, the ambiguous with the isomorphic and the pseudo-unique with the percussive. So it'll keep oh going. My God. You, can, you can just, if you click another one, it'll give you a totally... <laughs> it's like a word salad. They so, just throw them yeah, all together. Uh, yeah, so in case you ever need some inspiration. Resonantly yeah. cognitive orchestration. <laughs> and, it's, and it's not even just composers, too, that have this kind of vibe. It's like, like... Uh, uh, conductors too can get very like um, I think that, but it's not. I don't think there. I don't think there's a there's a specific personality type conductors yeah. are trying to do. It is it is kind of um, what I have noticed. There's is a little bit more subtle, but there's like a assertive. There's an assertiveness they like try to fake. Well, here's what I'm going to show you. I'm going to pull back the curtain yeah, here and see the yeah. real Wizard of Oz. Yeah. You know, <laughs> here's what happens is, like, you see all these big words. Yeah. They're redundant. You don't need to use such big words yeah. to describe a simple concept. Yeah. That's what they're doing in their music. They're using the most yeah. biggest words to make them sound smart, yeah. which makes me assert, which makes me feel good about my assertion that a lot of composers want to be seen as smart. Yeah. They want to be seen as intellectuals. No matter how bad their music is, yeah. they want to be seen as an intellectual. Yeah. And they go after this. It's like being a, a lawyer or being a brain surgeon. They think composer is the yeah. brain surgeon of the world. Like, yeah. like it's the most revered, prestigious yeah. position you can be in the musical world. Yeah, dude, in, in some ways, I would like rather, um, I'd rather someone be like, um, uh, oh, like, so you, I, both are kind of like insulting, but I'd rather have the like, oh man, like I'm for some reason surprised you went to college rather, um, rather than like, uh, oh no, no, it's all good. It's all good. good. Yeah. 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 No, but like, like rather than like the, um, uh, oh, I like know you went to Johns Hopkins university. I would rather have someone be like, oh, like I'm surprised you went to college at all. Like both are kind of insulting. It's all but about it's like, like, they also like, oh, you listen to that music or like, yeah. I listened to that in high school. Yeah. It's like, 
Uh, I only listened to Zanakis and uh, Cage yeah. or like yeah. one of these composers no one can understand because yeah. that means you're smarter yeah. because you can understand it. It's just like, yeah, wow. I, he I, writes only in serial tone. I, I love listening, music. listening to like the most hardcore new school like trap hip hop, especially around like old. That's where white, innovation old, is happening. Yeah, yeah, but like especially around old white people because like especially like if I met them and like yeah. you know I'm a, I'm like a polite person and like to them a lot of times they're like you're like they they have this like they all have like a different way of saying like I wish every black person was like you and then like so like I'll just like make sure like if I'm you like you make me feel safe yeah absolutely but then like like man like if I get in like my car like I'll like drive off listening to like the worst fucking shit like I'm fucking this old bitch. dirty bastard um, yeah like I, yo like the, <laughs> the worst shit and it's just it, it just cause like like it, it, again, it's it's just one of those things where, it, like, just going, you know, responding to your comment of like people judging you just for for the, the kind of music that you meet, that you yeah. listen to, and it's like, man, imagine, imagine, like, still There's a lot having, of rich white kids listen to the same rap exactly. music too. Exactly, it's like you, you bitches think like I'm yeah. the one making Travis Scott rich. No, it's motherfuckers no. like you. Yeah, it's like little like, Wayne. Yeah. It's like all white people in the yeah. audience. It's like they're not making music just for black people. Yeah. Like everyone's listening to this. Yeah, like, like black people like don't go as far as to buy like the album hoodies. Like that like like rappers can thank white people for like 90% of their wealth because it's like it's the, it's the music. Like after yeah. the music it's like okay, it's cool, but like the merch and like the the like um, making the like music the end like statement too. Yeah. Like, just like the rap is is embodying like a generational yeah. statement, and like the way rock did, or yeah. the way jazz did, yeah. or whatever it was, we're fucking ragtime. Yeah. Like no, which I which I understand because like it, it really is. I mean, realistically, it's it's like not like as uh, clear cut as like white or black. It's more so like um, uh, certain groups of people are like more susceptible to just like going the distance in like anything and that like you know if, if a car salesman is trying to like be like yo like here's this car and like can i convince you to put in this special gps this wheels thing this thing or that there's like more, just there's certain people that are more susceptible to being like yo just give me the fucking car and then there's certain people that are like yo like i need the car and like everything about it and like that that's 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 like one of the thing about like i, I love seeing the type of music fan people are because there's some people it's like for every era it's like i'm getting the tour ticket concert i'm getting the merch i'm getting the posters i'm getting this and then there's well, just so people connected like, to who they are as a yeah. person that they have to embody it yeah. this fucking stew in it yeah because like they, they, they don't have a lot of people don't have like their own means of having an identity yeah. they have to assume other people's identities yeah. and other people's cultures and things to have their own right. identity or like they go, well, I'm a kind of a boring person, but if I wear my hat backwards and I wear like some baggy jeans and maybe I'll get some cred or some yeah. like some like some stank on me that yeah. makes me cooler. Like yeah. and they, they think that. It's just like, oh well, like I and they're tired of living their boring life or normal as mm-hmm. it is. They go, Well, this has got me this far and I don't really mm-hmm. thrilled with the result. Mm-hmm. So let me just completely change my identity and, yeah. and assume these other things and these components that I like and make them all into mm-hmm. my own. Mm-hmm. And then I'm more interesting. Yeah. And it's like that's that comes down to like our primal need to be noticed, to be connect to people. It's just like nobody's noticing me. Nobody's nobody sees me as a desirable partner for mm-hmm. mating. Like mm-hmm. so we gotta get more peacock feathers. We mm-hmm. gotta make ourselves look better. Yeah. We gotta have the freshest music and like be hip to things that other people aren't hip to, which makes you interesting. So it makes you a fucking douchebag yeah. <laughs> uh hipster. Like yeah. I had a mustache. Like yeah. you don't do you need a mustache? <laughs> like you're you're probably better off without it, but I know um, the barrel that this beer was made in. Doesn't make you cool. 
<laughs> and Man. it's like it's, we're all trying to be cool so hard and it's just like and like people like me who are never trying to be cool yeah. and just like got shit constantly from yeah. other boys in school or just yeah. like what are you doing with that saxophone case, boy? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. I'm doing something I enjoy, okay? What are you doing? You know, that, that's the third that's string the, quarterback the, on the football team right, or something like exactly. that. Exactly. You get to wear your little Which jersey is, it's and It's funny that in. you say specifically third string because, like, usually that the first string players are, like, the most secure, humble, fucking it's nice It's the quarterback guy. Dude, situation, Dude, the, the TV yeah. shows and movies that show jocks, like, They're the not star assholes, jocks yeah. being assholes. Dude, the stars no. are the nicest people. My they uncles get, are dude, all, we're all football yeah. players. Some of them college, yeah. one was in Canadian Football League. They're all chill guys. Nice. Why, why would you be an asshole if, like, every girl in school wants to fuck you? Your yeah. teachers are, like, curving your grades. People give you special yeah, treatment. It's yeah. the quarterback Like, why the fuck would it. you be mean? It's like the, no. it's like the great, kid Life's who, great for you. Right. It's the kid who, like, joined the team. The second the and third team. string that wants to be right. approved. Because they, jo- they join the team just to get all of that. Yeah. But then, like, the first stringers actually fucking love football. Like, it's weird mm-hmm. that, like... I don't know why movies and TV shows created this weird, like, They just shut their mouth and get good at it, too. They're not, like, mouthing off the whole time and trying to, like, puff themselves up and look big. They're just, like... Like, because the people that join the football team that aren't actually good at it, they're just, like, trying to get the clout from those people and trying, like, well, I'm part of the cool crew crew of people. I'm like, you know, you're not. It's weird, though. It's just, it's weird, like, that... We had had the quarterback of our high school football team play trumpet in our marching band. Oh, nice. And our school wasn't, like, a super athletically oriented anyway. Like, they were equal. Like, the the Science Olympiad kids were just as cool as the football kids. Like, I guess progressive in that sense. But, like, nobody gave that much of a shit about it. This isn't, like, the 50s. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's so, like, incredibly tribal in that sense. But, like... I don't know. Boys have gotten softer too, like not in a bad way, yeah, but they've yeah. like been less of dicks to each other. Mm-hmm. Like there's this like there's a wider acceptable range of what a guy can do. Yeah. It's not gay or weird or yeah. stupid or like odd. And like yeah. being in band isn't weird anymore yeah. for most people. Like yeah. in most of the country. Yeah, I feel like like we'll probably be like the last like era of like boys are like this um, in the sense that like. Yeah. Yeah, like, like, cause I, I already felt it changing, like, in my own, like, like while being in middle school and yeah. in, in high school, like, uh, cause I guess previously there was always one gig hit, but there was like now like five growing up, and it's like, you know, it's just you, you see like the little changes over time, and like, like, it's just, but it's, it's one of those things now, like, like, I, I feel like, cause it's weird, people be like, yo, alpha this, beta that. And I'm just like, yo, like... Do you think you're an alpha, you're a beta? Dude, it's, it's not... It's it's rich or broke. Yeah. It's Mark Zuckerberg is built like Plankton off of Spongebob. <laughs> that motherfucker can fuck all of us up yeah. billions of times over. Like, that's alpha. You If you... In, it's in, the nerds that rise to yes. the top, really. Yeah, it's dude. just like the, the guys that are too... Too concerned with what other people are thinking yeah. of them, which are really a beta yeah. style of thinking. Alpha, alpha, beta, all that, dude. Both of those words are just so cringy to me because, like, at fr- like they, 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 <laughs> they, 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 they have a real legitimate purpose for defining something. Yeah. But like the way that we've, like, I mean, like, alphas in like every other fucking gym product for men. It's like fucking alpha brain, dude. Wipes you for your ass. Rinse, right? It's like what? I'm not gonna like, wipe my ass with a bear yeah. on the thing. I'm gonna do with fucking dude yeah. wipes. Yeah, dude, there's, like, alpha vitamins. I get the great value like, wipes. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> That's what uh, I can afford. What? You mean, like, yeah. you have an alpha version of my vitamin B6 that I need? Yeah. Great. Okay. This is mansterone, yeah. not <laughs> regular testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> this is dudesterone. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it, it, it... Dudesterone-y. Like, like, 
Man, anyway, anyway, before I, I get into a whole thing, we'll 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 keep talking. I'll like wrap up the the podcast itself. Okay. For anyone, if you've if you've for actually all the betas like, out there, we're just yeah, wrapping it to up. To all the betas who fucking listen to us speaking for three hours, I know. Um, an obscure podcast three and a half hours deep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're here, seek yeah. medical attention and go outside. Get if, some vitamin if, D. If, if you're an alpha, you don't even have a phone Nobody because tells you everyone to comes to you, yeah. dude. If you have a phone, you're a beta because that means you're trying to reach out to you people. You are the and podcast. Connect. People just come from miles away to listen yeah. to you talk. Yeah. Only losers just to feel connect. Your essence, you know your your pheromones. <laughs> lowly simps just sucking oh. on like the yep. teeth. <laughs> oh simps, betas. Teach us your ways. <laughs> yes. Oh well that is that that is how we're gonna close it out. Ben, yo, thank you for for uh joining us these last Ben brought the X Factor yeah. in the last couple of yeah. minutes. It was wonderful. Yeah, guys. Ben you, you have like <laughs> a, a Peter Parkerness to like your yeah. your vibe. I need more pictures of Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned that recently. No that but that, but I wanted to let the people because the people can't see you. So I'm just letting them know that like you're you're like a mix of like Toby, Andrew, and like the black kid Spider Man. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, how do you feel about the black part? I feel great. Okay. Well, yo, you've but, been invited to cookout. Yeah, you've been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can, I can see. Actually, no, dude, you're, 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 you know what though? Here's the last thing I'll say on the podcast, content wise. I don't understand how you can be white and pale in California. That is the last <laughs> thing that we'll close out with. Everyone, thank you for listening. No, no, because you're you're not like super super tan. I'm like Italian. But like, you you ever you ever like you know how like a, like if a pizza needs 15 minutes to bake, you know that like first brown it gets around two three minutes where it's like yo is the oven on? Okay, it's definitely working. Like that level of brown. He at least has that. Have He's, you seen my neck? I'm not charred, but <laughs> no, no, exactly, yeah. exactly. No, no, yes, yo. Yeah. I asked you who smacked you. <laughs> the what woman hit you? Yeah, yeah, no, because it dead <laughs> ass like that. That's yeah, yeah like that's. It looks like you pissed somebody <laughs> off. Um. Anyway, yo, everyone listening, thank you. This is a song called Life. Our fucking amazing guest. Do you go by Anthony or Tony? Tony. Tony. Okay, yeah. I was like, I don't know any Anthony's that go by Anthony. But yeah, Tony, man, it's been a fucking pleasure. Gotta have you back on. At yeah, some it's point, been great. Man. I'll come back. Yeah, man, just shooting the shit. Um, but yeah, guys, thank you for listening. And we're out. Nice. <laughs>